Welcome to episode 454 of Conversation Street, po- the spoiler-free, spoiler-free start, start. podcast about Coronation Street with me, Gemma. I'm me, Justin Trudeau. Hi, everybody. How are you oh. doing, guys? I'm back. <laughs> Can you do an impression of Joe Biden? Uh, who? <laughs> uh, no, I can't. I can't wait. I know of him. For... I don't know whether I've seen much of him talking. Will there ever be a day when we don't care who the president is? Um, um, well, you know, you know more about who the president is than the prime minister. Normally. What do you mean? You, no. you don't know who the prime minister is normally. You only know it's Boris because he's know. funny, <laughs> right? We're talking about Coronation Street. <laughs> you make yourself look eighteenth and uh, the eighteenth to twenty second of January, twenty twenty one. That's episodes ten thousand two hundred and twenty five to ten thousand two hundred and thirty. Certainly is. Oh. oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How you doing, Gemma? How's your week been? Oh, I've been ill People most of the week. Know. Gemma has been ill most of the week. Yeah. But oh. I've been to hospital this week. Beat that. I went, I, I, you might have seen on, on, the, on Twitter. And, uh, did I put it on what Facebook? What did you put it on Twitter for? I put, I put my picture of my thing that's been shoved up my nose. I didn't this see week. this. You didn't show me. Have you not seen the thing that's been up my nose? No, you don't need to shriek about it. Are you no, sure I that I no, like, So that too. everybody listening at the moment... Everybody's seen more of Conversation Street nasal adventures than I have. I need to find. No, don't worry about it. Yeah, (laughs) I've had this thing with my throat since about March or so, haven't I? Oh God, no one cares. They do. People wanted to know because they said, "Oh, I hope you're okay." And I'm fine. Absolutely fine. Right. Just where I've felt like I've had like a lump or some kind of weird feeling or sensation in the back of my throat on the left hand side, and I, I, I like, I tried to go to the doctors, but I couldn't. And then I had a phone conversation. This was back in, you know, April, May time. And then they said, oh, yeah, you can come in to get it checked out in, in, in the hospital. And, and then radio silence. And then last week they said, oh, you can come in next week. So nearly a year after The Simpsons first started, the they invited me. <laughs> it was free. It was great. I didn't even have to pay for parking for this one. Well, I can't believe that. No wonder they're going so, down the so the, so the doctor sat me in a chair. And he looked in my ears and he and he gave me a bit of a shoulder feel. And then he got this How big nice. thing that looked like a, a cigarette lighter with a long <laughs> proboscis stuck in the end of it. And it went right up my nose. I had to sit on my chair, went up my nose, down the back of my throat. I, I could feel that. it touching me on the back of my, on the back of my uh, I had that when I tongue. did my medical trial. And, uh, and I saw my, um, saw my, my vocal cords. It was quite weird. It saw, you saw your vocal cords? Yeah, he showed me on the screen. Ugh. He, t- he made me talk. He look. said, say no. how now, brown cow. And I was no. like, just hurry up and take it out. Because it wasn't, it, wasn't, it wasn't awful. It wasn't painful or anything. It was I not an experience I'd like to have regularly. But I, there was, they, they didn't find anything. I didn't think they would. I really appreciate people that are passionate about their jobs. And I love the fact that medical people are really interested in the human body anatomy and things. But I really don't want them to talk to me about it while they're doing stuff to me. <laughs> I have always imagined my body to be solid meat <laughs> as a small child i was convinced it was just all solid meat like a, with a big floating brain on the top and slowly big eye yeah yeah slowly being told about all the the guts and slippery bits and strings and yeah. membranes i don't want to know about it yeah well fortunately i did inspect and i found that my vocal cords are in fine form which is good because we're just about to record a podcast for the next few You've hours been of my life throat again 
No, no, it, it is. Oh, I don't know. Don't worry about it. Anyway, everybody. I'm not worried. I'm fine. And if you'd like to see what went up my nose and down my throat, just have a look on our Twitter feed and the media. I am very interesting. Far from worried I because think. we just did our life insurance, so it doesn't oh, matter. Oh my gosh, we In spent fact, like five hours on Tuesday die, night filling out house forms. It's I will be rich. I feel sorry. I feel really sorry for all those people on the Maisonette side of the street in Coronation Street who I assume have also had to fill in oh my all God. this paperwork. I mean, with the real. They, we're supposed to think the tragedy is the fact that know. Know, they've been kicked this out of their homes, the street's going to be raised to the no. ground, but actually, no, that poor paperwork that David's all had to paperwork. fill out. Yes, I mean, she comes out of prison to a pile of papers. Who wants that? All the paperwork and all the stupid bits of paper they've got to go find in their little, wherever they store their stuff and, and having to fill out. Do you think that David had to fill out the home buyer's form for, for, um, for Ray to like say, oh, I'm going to leave the dishwasher and you can pay me 350 quid if you want it. Yeah, did he have to mention the sinkhole in the garden? Is there a box for that? Because I don't remember seeing that no. one on Are you going to leave your sinkhole in the garden? <laughs> Yes, I will, and I will only charge you fifty pounds. Um, anyway, uh, that's been our week, everybody. Very interested. Um, also, one more thing, but this is actually Coronation Street related. I swear, I wanted to say a big, big thank you to listener Russell who sent us one of the co-op sixtieth anniversary yes. big shopping bags. Thank you very much, Russell, because we still hadn't got round to getting one of those. We did do a little bit of um, a look round some co-ops a month or so ago, didn't we? We couldn't find any, um, but yeah, Russell um, emailed us last week and said. Do you want one? Russell, I'll send you one if Russell you like. Russell emailed us a bag. Yeah. Not, no, no. <laughs> um, yes, we got that in the post. It's very nice. Haven't had the chance to use it it's yet because nice we're doing all our shopping online. Subtle gold shine to it. You should have taken it to the Chinese supermarket today. Oh, yeah, we should have done today. Oh, dear. Oh, well. Anyway, thank you very, very, very much, Russell. Awesome to get things like that. Um, oh. Even. Yeah. Also, yeah, I don't know also. what to use what to, to segue that together. What I also think is fantastic is when people are very, very generous with offers to other listeners and not just us. Because if you remember, listeners, back last spring, we had a competition on our Patreon where one of our very kind, generous uh, listeners offered to um, a, a year subscription of our top tier Patreon feed as a competition prize. Yeah. And they've only gone and done it again. So we've got another competition for you, ladies and gentlemen. You have the opportunity, if you are not already a patron of ours, to experience all the amazing content that um, appears on our Patreon feed each week slash month for free. You just have to enter a competition. Yeah. And we're sorry, it's hashtag new customers only. It is, it is. Um, so previous or, co- or current and previous patrons sadly cannot apply for this one. Sorry. But this is anybody. But if, you've, if you tried to enter last year's competition and weren't one of, aren't, weren't our lucky winner, you can certainly try again. Or if you just fancy and you crack at it, you absolutely can. And it's going to be a competition that runs for a month or so, so that anybody who's listening to this a few weeks behind because of the, you know, the delays of broadcasting or whatever in Canada and the like has still got a chance to enter because we're not going to talk about this on social media. Not going to tweet this it. is We're for listeners only. It. This is for you guys. Not going to Instagram it. It's just for people who are listening to us right now. So if you've been, if you didn't like all our waffling preamble about medical stuff and houses, and you skip past that to where street talk was, well, I'm sorry, you but you missed out on the chance. Sorry, skippers. Yeah, These this... are the people that are really, really big fans and will listen to us talk about pretty much anything. Yeah, this is. Um, <laughs> we hope that somebody will win this who hasn't been able to be a patron. For various reasons, we know money's tight for lots of people, so we wanted to offer this to somebody who wouldn't be able to be a patron because we think there's some pretty neat stuff on there, such as um, episode free episodes every month. You get one one free episode every month, and the top tier subscription, you also will get a an item. You will get an item. Our item has been a mug for the past year, hasn't it? And um, 
we, we, we need to th- start thinking about what we're going to offer as our know, 2021 piece of merch. Bear in mind that weird Brexit things have happened, and God knows. I know, I, I haven't looked into any of this yet, but don't worry, patrons, if you're wondering oh, yeah, what's going to happen to you to this year's gear. prize, it, it will it will It will be at some point, we don't know what. A nice yes, big that... cargo <laughs> ship full of rotten fish that we haven't been able to offload to France. I thought we got cargo Fair ships full of cocaine bananas here in Southampton. Oh yeah, we do. I can't believe they got that. I was really annoyed. <laughs> that we was going to use that to pay off the mortgage. Um, yeah, so you get a free Patreon episode each month, which is our, where every month we do a top five things, and I do a top five, and Gemma does a top five, and... Like, you know, top five barmaids, top five houses that you'd like to live in, top five whatevers. Top um, five ideas for what we thought the 60th anniversary should be. You had a taste yes, of this you did, last indeed. month for free. Yes, and um, this, uh, I think this weekend we're going to be due to um, we'll do another record one this our weekend. next one, which is exciting. another one suggested by listener Charlie DiMello. Yes. He, he, he's he got ideas for what we what we need to do with our he's patron. Our pro- he's with like, the, he is our producer. Yeah. He's an executive producer. <laughs> he's one of these people that gets their name on the credits because they're tangentially totally involved. And because they've got a good agent, they get their name in there. Right, Gemma, I'm, I feel that people are risking <laughs> switching to the street tour. Right, yeah, not even get to Come hear on. me do the quiz or anything yet. We need to set people saying, how do I enter? You've yeah, already well, got me. Then. What this do you need to do this week, or this month, this year, if you want to enter the Don't competition, is... Email us, header patron competition, and that's emailing us at conversationstreet at gmail.com. I want to know how long are all the episodes of Combi- Coronation Street, Combination Street, Conversation, Conversation Street. Street combined between episode one, our first episode, and this episode, 454. So this is going to be one of those um, competitions where the closest answer gets it. I want to know right back from the beginning, right up till now, and that includes, um, you know, the, up until last year when we were doing all big, long episodes. Last year, we've split the episodes into two. That all counts. What doesn't count is anything, you know, new stuff we've done on YouTube. Our Patreon episodes don't count. Just the plain old core Get it through your RSS feed, Conversation Street, right from the beginning. How long is it? And you can tell us in you can tell us in days, you can tell us in minutes, hours, seconds, whatever you like. The closest um, suggestion answer. answer will be picked as the winner. And if there's multiple exactly the same answer, we will. We we think do that you've been talking draw. behind our backs. Uh, don't sp- don't talk about me behind my back. Thanks very much. <laughs> Actually, don't tell me to my face. I don't want to know. So you've got until noon on the nineteenth of February, which, as of recording, is four weeks' time. So plenty of time to get your answers in. But I'd say just do it now. Otherwise, you might forget. Come on. Yeah. That's it. That it. Good luck. Good luck. Good luck. That's it. But it's still not time for street yours yet because I believe that there is a quiz. And some Cory birthdays to celebrate. Some quiz. Is a quiz with your name on it. Is it? Yeah. You got it ready? Uh, no. I, I'm feeling, I'm feeling pauses. All, all this time I've been waffling. You're not even getting ready for your oh, quiz. shut up. Oh, I haven't got a pen and paper. I You've do. got a pen and paper. You can score me then this week. I've been scoring myself a lot. Shut recently. up. Quiz. 18th to the 22nd of January in years ending in a one and six. I sourced the information from coronationstreet.fandom.com. Question number one. 18th of January, 1991. This is to test your literacy. Uh. Derek tells Mavis that Victor is jealous and compares himself and Mavis to Othello and Desmond... Desmond... <sighs> oh, Desmond... Dona. I don't know the answer to this and I don't even know what the question is. But which character does he compare Victor to? I don't know do anything about Do you know any characters in, in Othello? No, I do not. Iago. Oh, uh, Okay. I thought that was a parrot. <laughs> I said, yeah, I'll go that, I know. Uh, right, here's another one you won't know. 
challenge. Eighteenth like of January, nineteen ninety one. Whose car does Kevin crash? Um. Didn't we? S- I need to just watch it, this. It was. I thought it was just random, no name character. It wasn't a main character, was it? No, but he had a name. I don't know what the name of the person was. Bob. Terry. Uh, Terry Seymour. 18th of January, 2016. What does Craig unveil to Sophie and Sally? What does he unveil to Sophie and Sally? Yeah. Craig. 2016. Craig, Sally, Sophie. Um, Hmm? I don't know. Come on. Is this an easy one? Yeah. Unveil. Yeah. I'm not going to give you very much longer. This is boring. No, I don't know. Maddie's mural. Oh, How disappointing. Gosh, of course, Maddie's mural. 19th of January, 1966. <sighs> Who buys the corner shop from Lionel Petty? 1966, yes. you say? Yes, I did. Um, surely that must be <laughs> David Barlow. Yes, David and Irma. And Irma, yeah. 19th of January, 1966, same day. What does Hilda accidentally trick Stan into thinking and how? That's, that's too vague. Have we seen this episode? Yes. I thought we had, yeah. Um, oh, it's too vague, but you have seen I it. I have seen it less than a year ago. What did... Um, uh... it's, it's, I thought it was pretty memorable, to be honest. Oh, was it that, that, was it that time when... Um, she pretended that they'd won the pools. She didn't do it on purpose. No, she she accidentally filled in the thing and he thought that they'd won the pools. Yes. Yay. I don't like her. Twentieth of January, nineteen sixty one. Who is competing this is difficult. <laughs> Who is competing for Harry's affections with Conceptor? Now I remember, I remember this, but you might not. Somebody else also had their eye on Harry. Um how many eligible? Yeah, how many eligible bachelorettes were there? I can't have been many. I mean, if it's nineteen sixty one, there weren't that many people on the cast, were yeah, there? Yeah, who who was uh, Footloose and Fancy Free? Um, not not Elsie. No. Um, it's not a, it's not a really big name. Is it not? Just think of the think who. No. At a similar age to them. <sighs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Flory Lindley. Oh, God. That's I would have also terrible. accepted Eileen Hughes. Okay. No, you won't get this one either. 20th of January. I started on this podcast on such a high. What a I know. downer. I know. No, I, I like to, um, I like to di- diminish your spirit. Yeah. <laughs> 20th of January, 1971. Elsie gets a job interview to demonstrate which piece of kitchen equipment in the ironmongery department of Harrison Platt. Piece of kitchen equipment. Right, so think about what kind of kitchen equipment there would have been. Very rudimentary. Wooden spoon. <laughs> in the ironmongery department, darling. Um, Look, it's a wooden spoon made of iron. Um, something, um, something you can make out of metal. Um, Might not be made out of metal now. Uh, um, it's not a knife. No. So it's saying that's not made out of metal anymore. You can make parts of it out of metal, but you wouldn't make all of it out of metal. An iron? 
An iron is a piece of kitchen equipment. You just think it's women. Oh, no. it? <laughs> Get in the kitchen and iron me a sandwich. A whisk. <laughs> I don't know. What do you think whisks are made out of now? <laughs> I don't know. So you can get silicon ones, I suppose. <laughs> potato peeler. Oh, I was close. A little handheld gadget. You, you were close? If you whisked the potato hard enough, I said it was a piece of kitchen equipment. <laughs> and there's not very many. You've got to get close. Oh. Right. Let's see if you know this one. Have you got money left? You put me out of my misery soon. 20th of January 2006. Tyrone buys a mobile food van. Yes. To sell what? Burgers. No. Yes, it was. It was a fish and chip van. Oh. (laughs) Sorry. 20th of January 2011. Michelle is gutted to hear... Kieran mm. has got a job where doing what? Yes, you deny this. Don't shake your head. Cruise, where did he cruise ships. Doing what? Um, charming. Uh, 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 singing? What, what was he? What did he do? He didn't sing on the show, did he? That <laughs> he would was, have been a bit He on... was in the Navy. What else did he do? Cooking? Yes. Cooking on a boat. On a cruise ship. Cooking on Thank a boat. Is that what you call it? Thank you for the clues. You're welcome. Thank you very much. No. Twentieth <laughs> of January two thousand and sixteen. People are carrying on. Listen to this, just in case there's an extra clue for the competition or something. And they have to carry on. Why does on. Pat call an ambulance for Carla? <gasps> he chucked his chips. Was it this week? It was, was to it? do with chucking his she, chips. She she'd been dragged along by the car. Yeah. As it was, it's. Uh, as it was speeding wife. away from the bistro having been robbed by the bistro ninjas and Carla was, was clinging on to the car door and it she dragged her down the back. road yeah that's just about to say that I can't remember if I gave you a mark yeah, 21st of January 1991 this is related to the, to the car crash Kevin tells Sally his garage insurance won't cover the crash because he was doing a foreigner what does that even mean? Doing a foreigner. Yeah. This was apparently... Apparently in the 90s, this was still a, a phrase that was used. God, we had literally not long ago watched this, but it was to a car, so I kind of switched off. Doing a he, foreigner, what do you think that could he, mean? He was... He was um, I think it was probably something to do with, like, testing out a car. Um, no. Um, he, uh, he, he, he was... He was um, you can intuit the meaning of this. I know. Uh, he was testing... The garage it. insurance won't cover it yeah. because he was doing a foreigner. <laughs> <laughs> off, the, off the records? Off yes, the... unofficial work, yeah, unofficial. off the books. Yeah, that's what I meant. You so, what are you talking about? Testing. 21st... Yeah, no, he was... Okay, I'm not going to say anymore. Go on. Don't incriminate yourself. 21st of January 2011. Who does Eileen yeah. steal £10,000 from? Wow, you're in so much pain. Owen Armstrong. Yes. yes. <laughs> Everyone who thinks that Eileen Grimshaw's so so holier than thou, remember that time uh, she stole ten thousand. You love pounds. having that. That's your bit of um. It's my Eileen trivia, isn't yeah. it? That twenty second of January nineteen eighty six. Final question. This is a quote question. Nineteen eighty six. Okay. Ken finds out that Mike and Susan are back together. So he goes and punches Mike in the face. What does he say to him? 
had enough poison in your my uh, your poison in my family, Baldwin. Yep, I've had enough of your poison in my family. Yeah, oh, that's good. Yeah, classic quote. Well done. So you've Always got. Should right. I bother the, to? Add I this I, up? I kind of saved myself a little bit at the end there. Four, five, six, seven. Oh, that's, what's that scribbles for? That's eight. Ignore that. Well, that's about eight. Eight out of thirteen odd or so. That's that's not as bad as it felt like it was. I was going along. Thank you for well the sympathy done. marks that you no doubt gave me. Well done. Finally, You're before welcome. we actually get this podcast on the road, who's got a birthday coming up? I actually consolidated all the birthdays into one document today. I was very proud of myself. Oh, well done. Congratulations to me. Twenty fourth of January, we have Bruce Jones who played Les Battersby. Oh, cool! How exciting. 25th of January, Richard Lovely Davis, he played Curry. Idris Hopkins. Yes. And good. 27th of January is Betty Alberge, who played Flory Lindley. Ah, oh, I love this. That's it. Oh, is that it? Do you know what? It's very strange, because when you go through the birthdays, there are so many more birthdays towards the end of the year, from like September onwards. Yeah. It's like massive gluts of them, and then the rest of the time it's like... Noon. Yeah, there's been a bit of a spring... What? Springing up and down on the mattresses. No need for that kind of disgusting nonsense. Uh, right. Let's do. Let's talk. find out what happened in Coronation Street this week, then, shall we? Oh, right. Okay. Hey, Gemma. Yes. What Coronation Street good this week? Oh, it's pretty exciting, wasn't it? I loved it this week. I'm so excited. I'm so happy. Oh, but uh, following my um my kind of reaction to last week's Coronation Street when everyone else seemed to love it by the way and I was like it was okay it wasn't wasn't brilliant I'm now getting ready to record a street talk about a set of episodes I was yeah feeling a a lot lot um, happier with how they turned out and um, how everything mixed up together as well in fact I was kind of mixed emotions about this because um, a lot I mean there was really if you boil it down, two stories this week, wasn't there? The the Ray stuff and the not Ray stuff, and the not Ray <laughs> stuff being you can boil Sean and Gemma and, and Chesney. And you everything. can boil everything down every week to all about so-and-so character or not about so-and-so character. It, 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 yes, no. Perhaps you should be more specific. Everything else that happened that wasn't related to, to the pyramid scheme, I suppose the Michael as well, but that was hardly anything. The Michael. The Michael story was all touched upon in some way by Ray. Even, you know, the, the Yasmeen and, and Elaine stuff started off as a bit of a, a spin-off from her having to move house because of Ray, you know, selling the house, uh, buying the house off of her. Um, and and it, it's not often that, that happens, is it, that one character or story can take over a whole week. But, um, yeah, when it does, it can make things a little bit difficult for me in the the note-taking department, as we shall see in a minute, but it makes it feel a lot more rounded and real and, and, and deep, you know? Did you... Yes. What, how, how did... I mean, I, I realise that I've, I've waffled on a lot of... Did you, did you feel the same? Did you, did you, did you like the, the, the fact that it was so much so Ray-heavy? I really enjoyed this <clears throat> this week. I thought there was a lot of exciting stuff on there with Ray and he's still not over. Where is he? Don't know. Don't <laughs> Shall know we talk about? We'll do. We'll do the um the the stories. Like I was saying, the we, we it's all mixed up because there was so much Ray. So what we're gonna do <laughs> is talk. We're gonna, I'm gonna. I've split Monday down the middle. So Monday I've got a segment about everyone's moving house because of Ray. Then I'm gonna talk about 
Faye wants to confess because she hit Adam, thinking it was Ray. And then we'll talk about Wednesdays, both of those stories together, and then Fridays, both of those stories together. Although, to be fair, there wasn't anything particularly um, Faye-ish about today's episodes. So that's that's going to be a whole big old section first. Then we'll do the, the market, Tully Sales and Marketing, and then we'll do the Babes in Grace just towards the end. So I guess we'll, we'll just swap over every now and then. We, for Mondays, would you, would you want to talk about the... The, the the housing stuff or the the phase stuff what would you rather housing you do the housing so what's gone on with Ray's development can I just say how triggered I am about all this house stuff <laughs> <laughs> it's in current Corrie I'm sure there's been quite a few stories in old Corrie about people moving and I swear there were never big stories about moving house like for years and years and years people just casually move in and out of people's houses nobody made a big deal about buying a house or moving a house moving mm. house well, we've seen lots of lots of stories in old Corrie about moving house then we've got this stuff and also we're watching we're watching The Office because they put it onto Netflix in the UK and Michael Scott is buying a condo yeah. <laughs> and he started having a is panic a attack when he realised that yeah. um, he wasn't going to be finished with his mortgage in 10 years and I can <laughs> relate to that <laughs> quite hard so let's talk about Ray and his plan. Well, he was left with a bit of a cliffhanger at the end of last week, wasn't he? We, That's two weeks, two Fridays in a row that was left with a cliffhanger of where's Ray? He got bundled into a van, and he's been uh, cruising around the streets all weekend <laughs> with with Gay Mick, Gay Mick the, the, van, gangster. The, the gangster. Who'd have thought we'd see him again? Um, he gets a shout out in our bonus episode. He does. We we have week. already recorded our bonus episode for this this week, and we do get to a. Uh, yeah, we talk a little bit more in depth about Ray and his contribution to Coronation Mick. Street in the... Uh, Mick, sorry, his contribution to Coronation Street in the past few months. But we do talk about yeah. Ray as well. Uh, it looks like he owes Mick, Mick some money. Yes. Sad times. Um, the plats are parking the van... No, packing a van. Parking the van up to pack it. <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry for the um, They're going to move to the dog and gun estate. Not the Paul Robeson estate. Is that what it's actually called? What? What? Is what what's what what's called? In the show, is that what it's actually called? What? You just said Paul Robson. Paul Robson estate, yeah. That's Can you was... please clarify if you're talking about the show or in real life? They made a whole thing on Monday about the fact that it was okay. called that, but everybody affectionately calls it the dog and gun estate. Because it's full of dogs and guns. Yeah. But actually, it's because the pub's called the dog and gun. Um, he has given up, David, on fighting this. He's just going to go with the flow. Brit. Ray tells Mick on the phone that he's transferred half of the money he owes, and this was triggering as well. All we've done this week is transfer money to people for, for yeah. no reason, and one of the worst and most galling things to pay for are transfer fees. <laughs> what am I giving you the money? What do you mean? I'm going to charge you for my admin fees. <laughs> Five hours on Monday, that was. My rate's quite high. Tuesday, we were doing that. Was it Tuesday? Yes. I thought, I think it was... Couldn't have fit it in on Monday with Coronation Street on. That's true, actually. So... Um, he's suffering from this beating is Ray that he's been given. Debbie comes in saying, we've got to exchange. Um, we need the money for number four and number six. Where is it? And he's like, what, Michael? No, I was just, <laughs> my, my sharp intake of breath was that my announcement. I have something to say. I, I, I did get a bit confused about the story on Monday because everybody owes everybody else money and I'm, I'm confused about... You know where they're up to. Who's sold it? Who hasn't sold it? Who's who can't back out now? It's really I, I got confused about this. It wasn't the thing is, David's already sold his house, so it doesn't matter. Mm. 
And you've got Yasmin and the Nazirs, and you've got Sally and Tim. Sally and Tim, and they're the people that are moving. Yeah. And other people seem to be part of a different phase, and it's too complicated to involve them anyway. So it's just really these three houses that we're concentrating on. Mm. And until they get the money, until um the money gets transferred to the Nazirs and the and the Metcalfs, they're not going to go anywhere because yeah. they can still technically back out. Uh, but you don't get your deposit. No. So, he says, don't worry about it. It's all in hand. She's like, oh, something's up. So, Ray arranges to meet... Well, she she actually, the council lady, wants to meet up with him in this hotel. She wants an update on the judicial review. And she says, I'm feeling a bit nervous about this bribe that I accepted. I'm going to double down. <laughs> I'm going to make this twice as bad as it already is. I want £20,000 as a get-out-of-jail fund. I don't think they let you use stolen money to get out of jail, but uh, what do I know? Is it more of a get out of going to jail and I'm going to use it to... Do not... Do a classic Cory emigration. Yeah, I'm going to go to Spain. I hear it's <laughs> where all the action is. Um, he says, I haven't got it. And she says, well, I don't really care whether you've got it or not. I'll dub you in if you don't give it to me and I'll say that you coerced me and threatened me. Oh dear, over a barrel there. Gail is sitting alone in an empty house posing for the hottest album of 2021. Uh, that, that was a thing this week, wasn't that was it? was a meme. That was a thing that I wish that I was able to jump on myself uh, before somebody else did. But yeah, I did enjoy that scene. with uh, with. It was quite poignant, It was a very it? striking image of yeah. her sort of like sitting on a box, but she was doing it. I know everyone said it looked like... Um, she was on the front of an, like an emo music album yeah. cover, but to me she looked like Kermit the Frog sitting on the log, the way her little <laughs> leg was crooked, like one side and straight the other, like she just got plonked on there like a puppet. <laughs> I, I see what you mean. No, it was sad because we've never seen the house like that, and I think, we, yeah. I mean, they've, Gail's been living there for 30 years now, and it's always been, you know, the sofa's always been there, the I chairs know, at the yeah. side and everything, and then see it completely stripped, even though we know they're not going anywhere, that house isn't going to get knocked down, it's still was quite stark and like Ooh. or are they and it was probably yeah, it was. like dead easy to to do as well wasn't it because these sets get put up and taken down whenever you know the need whenever they're needed or, or not they needed. get taken i don't think the plats get taken i, I wonder whether the plats is one that never does but having having been a and lot looked of around them the sets are more it's prob- permanent than that it, it probably is i mean dead easy it's just a case of you know take you do take, it wheel a wall off take a sofa off and, and there you go I think you're saying that somebody that never had to remove items from a set <laughs> maybe maybe I um, mean the moving house Michael how difficult can it be you just put things in boxes <laughs> but it it was um yeah quite quite poignant as I say and um and I did enjoy the the photoshop that was made of girl um posing for the album cover although I did make my own photoshop of Gail this evening you combined two of the greatest memes that came out this week I did this week's other meme of the week was Bernie Sanders appearing to be sitting down in various places do you know where he was sitting originally inauguration yes yeah that that was a news item that happened this week wasn't there so I photoshopped Bernie to be sitting on top of Gail's box that was quite hard because I had to remove Gail from it (laughs) anyway Right, so he, so girl's sad. She can't believe they're leaving. She tells Nick she's too old to be slumming it on a futon in the dog and gun estate. I don't know what her long term plans are for life. No, <laughs> she's she basically is homeless. Clean isn't up she? after her sons until she drops, and like simper after them, and and sort of yeah. beg for crumbs off their table. Yeah, 
I, I don't know what her job is currently. I know that she's, like, weaseled this cleaning job off of Nick. Yeah, I don't... Did she have a job before that? I've lost track. There's nothing wrong with being a cleaner, I, but I don't think it's compensated fairly for the amount of hard work that you do. And therefore, I'm going to say it's not an appropriate job for a woman who it, who really needs to start saving money up to move out of her child's house. No, I think she, she's just a professional doormat, basically, isn't she? Yep. I'm surprised she's got time for doing part-time cleaning with, uh, with that. She's like, I, I don't know if I can, Nick. I've got to make sure, that, see if David wants to wipe his feet on me. Yeah. So Nick's like, oh, all right, why don't you come and stay with me and, and, and Sam in Natasha's place? And she's like, brilliant. <laughs> she kind of like dumps David like a sack of yeah. hot sick because she does not want to live on this estate and I do not blame her at all. It sounds scary and horrible. Well, not compared it's... to, you know, swanky flat. Well, from... also, I wouldn't want to sleep on a futon. She's, she's right to say, oh, I'm too old, too old to be sleeping on a futon. Girl, you should have thought that before you sold your house. They, she also pointed out, oh, I've, I've fallen out with me ma'am. Because is it that's just over the fact that Audrey doesn't care that the houses are yeah, getting probably. flattened and she's sold, and she's gladly sold the salon. She, I think that Gail, honestly, I think Gail does have a lo- a long term life plan, and it's wait for Audrey to die and inherit her cash. <laughs> but I don't think it's gonna happen anytime soon. Audrey hasn't got any cash. I had a story about that a few what, years Audrey? ago. Well, yeah, all of Archie's money is, is gone, isn't it? Well, she's got a, she's got a house, though, hasn't she? Oh, yeah, she has. She's, yeah, you had that Grasmere Drive cash. Grasmere Drive to, to move in there. Yeah, she, she's Be careful like, of the damp. Gail's like the Prince Charles of Coronation Street, isn't she? She's waiting to <laughs> <Just waiting. laughs> <laughs> One day my time will come. Okay, so, um, she, yeah, she, so Nick's like, okay, fine. Wet lettuce, both of them. Oh, don't be mean about <laughs> Prince Charles, our future king. Roy tells Abby there is no update on the judicial review and it could take months. And he says, um, I've got to remortgage the cafe so that I can I can get the money to go ahead with this. But don't worry, I'm not giving up. It's it's feeling to me like the judicial review it feels like maybe it, isn't like, really that important. Yeah, it's, it's like, what? No, this is an extra bit of the story that doesn't need to be here. Yeah, bit compl- the, a bit the way that everything's going now, it's like, well, it doesn't matter one way or another whether he gets the judicial review. It doesn't really, yeah, I mean, on the one hand, you've got Roy, who doesn't really seem to understand he's in a soap and he's trying to actually do things by the book. And the other hand, you've got Abby and Ray running up and down ginnels, like bribing and drugging one another. Yeah. I don't think Roy, Roy's remortgage on the cafe Ooh, Which is, one's going to make the front the cover ex- of the soap <laughs> magazines this week? <laughs> Picture of Roy on the front of Soap Weekly with a sad face, like... <laughs> Remortgage the cafe? <laughs> Roy, shock, financial twist. <laughs> Will he? And then you open it and it's like, no, he won't. Uh, and the other big question of the week is, will he ever restock cream horns? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, God. <that's> <laughs> Sean. Sean. Can't remember the last time I had a horn. <laughs> Ellen up. Taylor, come on. Oh, dear. Don't need this. David can't believe Gail's ditching him. He has got quite used to the idea of having her around. And also, he just wants free babies at day. And she's like, well, it's tough. Because I'm not moving to that dump. Debbie finds out that Ray has used the money that she thought was going to be used to buy the houses to give as bribes to everybody, basically. Well, he's and off Nick. Nick and he's yeah. bribing and, council and, lady. And he says, look, I, I haven't told you about the debt collectors and the, and the council bribe. And she's like, what are you doing, you idiot? All the stuff that we've had to go through to get here... And he says, don't worry, I'm not giving up. It'll all be fine. Debbie is really stupid. <laughs> Just got to get on record and say that. Pourquoi? Well, she's got, she's, this is the sunk cost fallacy whereby she's worrying about the fact she's going to lose all of this money. 
Yeah. But that's motivating her to involve herself in illegal activities that could actually end up with her losing more than just, you know... You can tell she's been wanting to kind of get out of it all week, but knowing that she can't really, she's in too deep. Yeah. And also she's probably intimidated by Ray. Yeah, well, I don't know if that she is actually. I don't think so. She talks to him like she's not scared of him. She she does, you, you're right actually, a lot of the time she does, although when it came down to it in tonight's episode, when, I suppose even then she, no, she did call honestly, the ambulance, didn't she? I but... honestly think that Debbie does does us proud as women. She's not scared of him, even though he's physically imposing and, and scary. She's not at all intimidated mm. by him. She is just irritated and is is worrying about her money, which, you know, if that's her life savings... Yeah. I mean, Ray had already kind of met his match with Abby, hadn't he? And and I think now that Debbie is, you know, on the good side, as it were, with Debbie and Abby versus Ray... He's finished. I think, it, yeah, his, his days are numbered. Miles, the accountant, comes round and, and hears Ray on the phone panicking, speaks to Debbie, and they're like, oh, God, how bad is this? And, and Ray's sort of trying to pretend that it's not, not as bad as everyone's making out and been trying to be mysterious, I guess. And then mm. we have Ryan. Ryan appears to, to help. I mean, he, Ollie's not with him for his brain, so he might as well... Just playing around with his with the lift on the back of the lorry. Load, they? use his brain, uh, use his brawn and load the the um things onto the van. See, this is like the whole thing of watching this is just me me going, gosh, the removal fees for that van, they're gonna have to pay for another day to to you know what <laughs> I mean? Like all of these things are like, oh dear, I wonder if they're gonna have to pay another one of those telegram fees <laughs> that the solicitors try to extort out. This of is you. like when all the nurses and doctors and police officers and everything watch Coronation Street, they must be thinking this all the time because they live it. Oh, they haven't filled out a, a three one six form for the the stop and search there. That's gonna be thrown out of court. Um, right, so. Um, this is just Yasmin moving out, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. So saying. he's like, oh, maybe we don't, well, maybe we won't have to move out. And Yasmin says, look, you know what? Maybe I should because this place reminds me of Jeff. And then they find out that the funds haven't cleared. So she goes and tells David the moves off, but of course it doesn't really make much difference to them because they've, um, they they have to leave anyway. Yeah. Ray finishes up on the phone and says, oh, don't worry about it. I've I've sorted it out. We've we've got ten days. It will be fine. And Debbie's like. Um, she just wants it all signed and sealed, doesn't she? She's yeah. so anxious. David says, um, why do I have to move if everyone else isn't? And they're like, well, because you sold your house. So, yes, you do have to move. Although, honestly, I can't see why Ray, being as he is a bit of a penny-pinching businessman, would pay for David to rent a house somewhere when there is no reason it seems like a waste of money. Well, no, it's, I think it was just as part of the contract that, that, that he would do that. As part of the contract, Sneaky he has bit. to provide David with alternative co- accommodation. Yeah. yeah. For David... what purpose now? What do you, you mean? see my point? David doesn't need to vacate the premises, does he? Because the other people haven't moved either. Yeah. So he might as well stay there and Ray can save his rent money. That's what I'm saying. Uh, like Ray's... Ray... Moving house Stop is a series. Holes. Moving house is a series of paying for things that you don't actually really want or need. <laughs> is all I'm gonna say. So, um, Ray comes into speed dial, finds Yasmin, and everybody says, "Get a wiggle on, get out. Completion's gonna happen tomorrow." Oh, this is great. This, but this is Yasmin telling him to jog on, wasn't it? Yeah, she says, "I, I don't care. I 
Yeah, jog yeah, on. As, as my granddaughter would say, jog on! And then and Ray kind of leaves with his tail between his legs. But uh, the, 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 the smile that suddenly that slowly like, creeps Yay! onto Yasmin's face and she's just looks so proud of herself. Oh, I did it. I told him to jog on, didn't I? She, oh, and Nalia's I loved like, that. Actually, yes. What a zinger, Yasmin. Actually, granites do one. That's what we say around here. <laughs> David goes and tells Gail things have been delayed but they still have to move and they're like, oh, sad. Then we get a bit that never gets addressed with Yasmin. She's got all these unpaid bills and, oh, yeah. and like overdue things, which must have been a legacy from, from Jeff. Mm. Um, and she says, I'm proud of myself. We're standing up to Ray. Um, I'm not going to let Jeff ruin my life from beyond the grave. I'm staying here. Yes. So house-wise, things are looking a bit dodgy for Ray by the end of Monday's episode. And the other half of his story with Faye also not going too well either for him. So um, beginning of the Monday's episode starts with the Metcalfs all getting ready to get moved. Sally, <laughs> Sally wants to shampoo the carpets before the demolition. <laughs> Which I found hilarious yeah. because she doesn't want to make a bad impression on the people that come to literally, you know, demolish the place. Um, and, and this and this is when Tim floats the idea of, you know, maybe we should go to Spain. Because as you remember last week, he decided that the way that Faye was going to evade justice this time was by them all doing a midnight flit to the continent. I mean, we she said, thinks it's a ludicrous idea, which we, it is. It is stupid. But we are forgetting the fact that Claire Peacock is still at large in France. That is true. <laughs> so it, it doesn't can, work. It can work. I mean, ten years on, she's still there. <laughs> yeah. She's still on Le Lam. <laughs> Le Lam. <laughs> um, L'agneau. Oh, yes, it is L'agneau. Mm-hmm. Yeah, très bien. Um, so Tim is uh, later still banging on about how awesome Spain is to, to Sally. Faye gets fed up with this and leaves the house because she's still just feeling guilty. She wants to confess, but thinks that it's, everything's going to go wrong if she does and everyone's telling her not to so she doesn't know what to do she, she just she just uh, runs away it would be very easy for me to say that this is Tim being at his most himbo-ish and empty-headed but it wouldn't really be fair to direct this criticism towards him because characters do this all the time I just I'm so sick of this simple-minded let's just do something completely drastic and irrational. I'm kind and, of and numb like, to it. And it's, it is the, one of the stupidest things that Corey does. Like, let's just go to a foreign country. You can't. You just can't. You can't. Why on earth did they not say, let's go to Cornwall? Like, it would have been the same thing. Mm. I, uh, I'll just kind of roll my eyes and move on, I think, when characters think there's suggest no... it now. There's no, like, extradition treaty with Spain. It's not like Spain where all of the notorious criminals go because they refuse to send people... I mean, you might as well go to Cornwall I, as Spain. It It's very... Yeah. No, yeah, I agree. It's silly. It, it also... It's supposed to be impactful when a character suggests it on screen this is as the well, problem, doesn't it? it? Yeah. It's like, it's a cliffhanger. I think we should move to Spain. Dun, dun, dun. I know, and the reaction from oh, the audience no, should be like, oh my too. God, I can't believe they're contemplating such yeah, an incredible move. must be move. serious if they're thinking of going to Spain. I mean, you might as well have said, let's go to Mars for all the, all the like... The you're absolutely, you're, you're or... absolutely right. It's... It's, it is, it's literally the same as that. Yeah, okay. It's likely. Why, why stop at Mars, impactful. Tim? Why yeah. don't you blow yourself into the sun? Anyway. I'll, I'll pay for it. He, um, he goes to see Maria first, and Faye's not there. He thinks he's, he's tried to find Faye, but she's not over at Maria's flat. And they, they I'll tell talk you what it probably Spain was, well. Michael. It was probably subliminal messaging from Emma. 
who's been learning Spanish this whole oh, yeah. time, and he probably heard, overheard her, and just in his mind, he sort of started going, I wonder why it is, I don't know what it is, but I really don't know what fancy <laughs> going to Spain. He, he tells Maria, I am, I want to protect Faye, I don't care if people say it's a stupid idea, it's my dad as a dad to stop her owning up for what she did, basically. Um, and it's all right uh, that Faye's missing, because Officer Tinker is on the case and finds her, where else but Victoria, Victoria Gardens. Gardens, yeah. They they really if they haven't put CCTV up on in Victoria Gardens they really should because that's the uh, the criminal den of Weatherfield isn't it? So he says, look, <laughs> he's just, he's friend zoned again, isn't he? He's like, no, I, I, I hate know, this. I know we're blowing our chances of being together. Could you just be friends? And she's like, go on then. Um, and then he, he says, friend zoned again, which I hate. I thought everybody realised what a horrible toxic term friend zoning is. It literally means. I wanted to shag you, but I guess I'll just be your friend I'll instead. I'll just pine after you forever in a bit of a creepy way. Like, no, I hate the term friend zone. She, she doesn't pick up on his hint, though, really, does she? I still think that there's, you know, potential for those two in the future. So basically when he, when he says, the police. when they sort of agree to be friends and he says, oh, friend zone again, what he actually means is, so no chance of a shag? Just mm. checking, just asking. Basically, because he still hasn't, has he? Um, he tells her he catches them, her up with all the um, all the latest news from the Tinker HQ, <laughs> including he's completed his first Rubik's cube, and, she, cube and she's like, "Oh yeah, well, I'll top that. I tried to um, kill. No. I, I I I was nearly raped by Ray. I yeah. slept with him. Also, it was me what bashed Adam over the head." And then Craig says, "Hey, do you want to know some secrets about the police? Come here, come here. I'll just tell you." And then starts spilling all the secrets about everybody who's um, in in jail at the moment and what they did and what where the evidence is. Yeah, see, if I was Faye, I wouldn't have told Craig this because even though he's not, uh, he he didn't go reporting her to his superiors, he very well could have done, couldn't he? Um, as poor as he is at keeping oh. anything, uh, you know, that's supposed to be secret a, a secret. <laughs> hey, guess what? Guess what? My you best friend Faye? just told me. Guess what? <laughs> um. Anyway. Uh, I'm lost where we are. He he says, "Look, oh no, you gonna, bashed Adam. You, you bashed say. Adam. If you you, you need to, do, I'm not going to report you. You need to do what he feels right for you." And I she mean, says, is, "I think actually, I want to confess." In I don't know. I know some Americans are listening, and obviously people from around the world, different types of police. But particularly in in America, I know you guys have got a few bits and problems with your police force and. Not, and, uh, the, not, not on the top of everybody's bit, Christmas bit notorious, list. Notoriously uh, kind of bit harsh on people. Here, the, the police's motto is actually, do what feels right for you. <laughs> <laughs> no Very pressure. Liberal, that, that. Do you want to confess? Fine, equally. Don't, you know, take your mental health into consideration by all means. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, she, she wants to confess. Um, meanwhile, Maria sees Sally in the street and says... I, I think you're doing the right thing moving to Spain. Good luck. And fine. Um, what the hell Sally's are you like, talking what, what about? What do you mean you going lunatic? to Spain? She goes home and finds Tim with his passport and she's like, you've got to have a very good reason for this. What is it? And he says, I can't say. I promised Faye that I wouldn't tell her her massive secret. Sorry, Sally. Faye, meanwhile, is going and telling her own massive secret. She's at the police station, tells the desk sergeant there that she's here to hand herself in for the attack on Adam Barlow. And uh, Willits is dubious somewhat at first because, as far as he's concerned, they're already collared 
her brother for this and is maybe she just saying this to try and get him off or Well, he's or also thinking... He kind of closed the door <gasps> is on that, that one. Are you sure? Because that's another form. Yeah. Like, I've got... I've done the form for Gary, I've got to do a form for you and then I've got to do one for Gary again to get him out. Are she, you sure? She explains that she thought it was Ray. Okay, whatever's best for you. Um, and, and yeah, <laughs> she 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 just gets into a bit of a tear tear up about it, doesn't she? This was very great. Good. While this, yeah. it was great, yeah. While this is going on, Tim's also telling Sally about everything about the rave, about the pregnancy test, going to see Gary last week, and she and says this is why he wants to go to I, Spain. And she says this. I understand now. It makes perfect sense. Everything you said adds I'd up want to, to, go to Spain too. Move to Spain. Yeah. Why Spain? Why not? Why not Italy or Switzerland? They, they, or... they do like a bit of Spain. They always go to Spain. Sometimes France. Mostly Spain, though. Yes, yeah. I've never been to Spain. Have you been to I've Spain? Been to Spain a few times. I want to go to Spain. Um, On the run, I went to Haiti. Craig them. comes round and tells them, Faze from Fessin, you might want to go over there." <laughs> so Tim and Sally hot foot it to he the goes, police station. Hey, hey, Tim. Guess what? Guess what? There's an interview going it's on. There's gossip. Way. I'm not supposed to tell you. Oh, this, don't tell anybody. <laughs> Tim wants to chaperone Faye, but he's not allowed to because she's 18. So she's in there, um, sort of crying her eyes out, telling Willits all about the attempted rape, how Gary rescued her, how how um, how, how he Ray, made her feel Ray bad, feel yeah. dirty and cheap about it, how she wants revenge. revenge on him and everything. Um, and we we find out that Gary may well be let out once what she said has been corroborated. What she's done is a serious offence, mind, um, but it's not down to will, it's what happens to her. So she is kind no. of left with this hanging over her at the end of the week. Um, and Tim's, Tim's mad at Craig for getting her to confess, isn't he? I don't know what... Uh, I've heard bad things from victims of crime before about communication w- b- from the police about things, but it does stroke me as, you know, if you're going to do paperwork which feels essentially time wasting wouldn't you also expect the police to go um adam just so you know the person who attacked you is Faye, and we've released her on bail is that okay (laughs) just be careful she might do it again well it's not long until adam finds out it's wednesday isn't it no i know but the thing is was the thing is that it was Faye that told him the police were like oh he doesn't need to know no he didn't notice the first time um, the, the, basically all that happens for the rest of the episode is, is Ray gets arrested for attempted rape by Willits and that's our big cliffhanger for Tuesday uh, for Monday sorry so I'll pass it back over to you to, to combine these stories now for Wednesday's action Gemma well hang on Faye tells Gary in prison yeah. Yeah, and yeah, he's yeah. mad at her and then um, Ray gets carted off but doesn't you know he yeah. comes back almost straight yes, away Gary on Wednesday so Abby's feeling a bit unsatisfied because she like she she feels like Ray, Ray's been arrested, so but, she should be on top of the world. But yeah, but it doesn't feel like justice her. has been done. Um, Debbie finds Ray in the bistro because he's come out of the police station. He's like, I don't care, I, you know, she's an adult. We can, you know, it was two adults, whatever. Nothing happened. That was bad. That's all that happened. Nothing. And I genuinely believe that he doesn't get it. No, he doesn't. He he's not just saying it to try and get out of it. He 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 doesn't. He thinks that what he's done is just normal behaviour. Or maybe he does. I don't know. I don't want to give him the benefit of the doubt, but it feels like there are plenty of men out there who would have the same attitude. And I don't think that there's anything that anybody can say to them that would ever make them change their mind. Unfortunately, Debbie's fuming at him, and it's difficult to tell whether she's mad at him for being a 
a molester or mad at him for messing up her deals. <laughs> Bit of both, maybe. Abby chats with Faye, who, um, and she's like proud of her for confessing, but Faye's like, I, I honestly, I don't think uh, he's, he's going to get away with it, isn't he? I don't think anything's going to happen. Willits is with Adam. This was really interesting. And he's like, so um, that statement that you made about who attacked you, um, you, you want to change anything about it? And he said, nope. Um, I know what I said. I never, I never accused Gary. I just told you that we had a fight. I don't want to change anything. And Willits, at this point, still hasn't told him who the attacker was, which I I kind of, I get it's dramatically exciting, but in real life, you do, wouldn't there be some kind of duty of care to tell that, to tell Adam who's the victim of the I crime? I don't know, I don't know. But he's, what is Adam being suspected of? He's being treated like he's a criminal as well, but he's a victim of a crime. I don't know how these things work. There I don't know how, a, I don't know how they work, but I know how they should work. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, so Willett should say, look, just want to warn you, your attacker was this, that little girl who lives down the road. So just look both ways before you cross the street because she could jump out of a gilly, the, the villain's alley at you and yeah. try again with a sledgehammer. Yeah, I know, you're being sarcastic, but, I mean, if the genders were reversed, would you not think that if Adam accidentally attacked Faye because he thought it was Maria or something, wouldn't you be surprised that the police didn't say, watch out for Adam? I suppose, uh, maybe at the moment, it's because she's still not been convicted of the crime, so she's just confessed it's her, and maybe he still doesn't... I think he does. He does believe it, doesn't he? At this point, Willits. I, I think at the beginning he. he I just think I. I think obviously this is not supposed to be. This is not real life. It's just. It's just entertainment. But it is interesting to think about the reality of the situation and how would it actually have gone. Yeah. God knows we don't want reality to get into, in the way of a good story, do we? <laughs> Um, well, it's also did that thing again where he did the Columbo thing, where he's like, just to well, just one more thing, by the way. Anyway, he leaves um, and Adam phones Peter because he thinks all of these hints that Willits was dropping were that he suspects Peter. So he's like, watch out, Peter. I think you're in trouble. Yes. Faye and Abby see Ray leaving the bistro and Alia's like, um, let's go and tell the police that he's a sex case. And they think, oh, it's still it's still not enough to, to like make a difference, even though they've both had experiences with him haven't they yeah, yeah adam tells sarah that the attacker must be peter but then why did peter why did yeah what yeah what gary have the award oh yeah yeah why did gary have the award if if it was peter i'm yeah. confused and why, then why, Faye comes in yeah. and says don't worry your pretty head about it adam you're getting frown lines and that's no good it was me what done it and they're like what and she says yeah no i don't have an emotive do i but listen to this i didn't know it was you <laughs> It was very dark and, and I was I'd running. Had a bit of whiskey. I was drunk, it was dark, and I was running backwards and forwards in front of the camera to create a dramatic effect. For Christmas Day. So I, I was all a bit of a blur, to be honest. So I was like, aw. Sarah, Sarah was <laughs> lovely. She, she didn't do much this week, did Sarah, but I did appreciate well, her, she tells, her sympathy. Uh, she tells them why she, wa- why she wanted to attack Ray. And so obviously Sarah feels sympathy to her, and, and Faye says, no matter what happens, you have to understand that Gary didn't do anything wrong and he's a hero because he went to prison to protect me. And they're like, oh, I don't know about that. Whatever, you know. They were all with her until she started on the poor Gary story. Yeah. 
Abby and Ali have gone to the police station to tell them tell them about Ray, but it doesn't they don't really feel like it made much of a difference. And they also wonder why Ray didn't try to gag Faye like his other victims. I guess he's run out of money. Yeah, I guess that so. That could be the only reason, probably. Abby goes to the hotel. I mean, th- you know... Speaking of other victims. I, you know what I just said about, oh, I don't know whether Ray thinks he did anything wrong. Of course he does, otherwise he wouldn't have bribed people to keep their mouths shut. Oh, no. But there are people who are like Ray, who do things like that and don't get... I don't know, I think I haven't done anything wrong, but I don't 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 need you. Yeah, I don't need the hassle that you would cause, yeah. I don't know. I'm not, don't want to make excuses. Or is he just advised by his lawyer to do it? And he's like, no, I didn't do anything. I was just commented on, I just complimented on a pretty dress. And And I have to check it off. And and Miles is like, I think you need to give give them a grand As your legal advisor, I must tell you, you need to bribe her. Yes. (laughs) You think that's what what he said? Yes. Okay. He's a dodgy lawyer. (laughs) That's your dodgy brief, I must tell you. Abby goes to the hotel, finds a waitress and tells her, oh, I used to go out with Ray, where is he? And she's like, oh, that's weird. I wouldn't have thought he was the happy couple type. And Abby's like, happy couple? No, I said I was dating him. I didn't say I was happy. Um, she, she tries to ask her more questions because she can tell that the waitress has got a story or two to tell. And she's like, no, I'm not going to tell it. I'm not getting involved in this. Don't even ask me about it. So Abby says, well, how about some people who worked here? What about a list of past waitresses? Don't you have... Don't you have any She's information? She's been a bit, bit full on. I didn't She's think, been a bit weird. It's like, oh, what, you want my boss's list of uh, people that he attempted or did actually rape? Yeah, there is a big list of, like, with people's names. Yeah, there's a clipboard names. hanging up behind the, uh, behind the bar. I'm just going to go out to the kitchen I'll and just get it for leave you. you to roam and find it yourself. She says, I'm, I'm going, I don't want to talk to you anymore. And she leaves, and so Abby can go behind the bar to to look for this handy li- list of victims that she thinks that are kept on the premises. I wouldn't put it past him. Um, then Ray and the councilwoman come in. So Abby quickly ducks behind the bar. They start arguing really loudly. Abby already had her phone out because she was going to take a picture or something. And she's like, oh my God, how convenient. I shall film this now with my phone. It was at this very moment that this week went from being... Quite, quite good to being brilliant despite the fact that this was massively contrived situation she just happened to be I there know. at the right time she just happened to literally have her phone in her hand yeah. on camera mode when they walked in brilliant but i i forgive this for what because the thing is there was a convincing setup it's one thing to have walk i walk around the corner and th- there there's abby and I mean, there's Ray and the councilwoman in Victoria Gardens talking really loudly. I'll just film them. Like she went there to find information out, and yeah. she had her phone because she was doing. It's a very I know convenient. it's con- I know it's contrived, but it's certainly not as lazy as oh look, there's somebody over there. I can listen yeah. to their conversation. So they're having this argument. She records it. Ray. It's yeah. They're just talking about the bribe, aren't they? Yes. Ray says, "Don't worry about it. Everything will be fine." But just remember that our deal is I give you money so that you can can get the property developed. Are we all agreed? And we're going on the record that this is our plan. And she says, yes, I don't understand why you're getting me to say this. <laughs> and they all leave and Abby's like, oh, this couldn't have gone any better. She has this great jaw drop moment. She's so chuckling herself, isn't yeah. she? I love it. Um, Kevin has an argument with Debbie because he can't believe that she's on the side of a sex case. And she says, look, it's purely business. 
And he says, Ray tried to blackmail Abby with a compromising photo. So not only did is, is Debbie found out that um, um, Ray screwed her brother over financially, but also, you know, all of this horrible stuff that he's done with personal life. And I'm surprised it's taken so long for Kevin to reveal this. I kind of assumed that he would have already told her all the gory details I about think Ray's I would past. Why said, would he withhold this bombshell I guess he her? was trying to be respectful to Abby, but I don't think... I think Abby, the fact that she's been shouting that Ray's a sex case up and down the street, like, not even... This isn't... This is literal. She's literally had a megaphone and she's been shouting about yeah. what Ray has done to her. So how Debbie just sort of didn't catch on to this is a bit confusing. Mm. But, but Kevin spells it out for her and she's like, oh no, this is dreadful. I, I, it was interesting that Debbie was saying, oh look, this, this is business, he's just my business partner. It's like, I, you, you could tell that by this stage she didn't really believe that and she's just trying to convince him herself that she can take a step back from she's like, all his look, you know, look, personal... Ray, Ray and I just have a purely business arrangement. The same way that I, me and Nestle have a business arrangement. Yes, they do abuse people and do terrible things and try, try to get um, African women hooked on their powdered milk so their breast milk would dry up and they would have no choice but to to feed their children expensive Nestle milk. Yes, I know, but Kit Kats are good. Critical. So what am I supposed to do? <laughs> Kevin, you tell me. Have you ever found a convincing alternative to Kit Kats with that delicious wafery goodness? No. So don't come to me about ethics in business. Me and Ray and Nestle are all going to just carry on purely business. And he says, you've actually got a point there, um, Debs. <laughs> I, uh, I, I guess I, I can't complain. Mm. too much because I also like Kit Kat <laughs> so I think we've gone off topic slightly but never well, mind she well, makes a good point the point is we all we all you know there are very few people who are principled enough to ensure that every single bit person that takes any money from them whatsoever is the most ethical yeah I mean I we have we sometimes I'm gonna say we have Kit Kat sometimes but I will say that we selected our energy provider based on the amount of green energy that they provide. So, Roy, Roy you know, one or the other. One or the other. She just wants to. She wants to save face at the last minute because she. This is a horse that she's been backing all year. And this is what I said. Just as the year's gone on, she's realizing. That she she says, really, look, really shouldn't. And to it, be fair, I won't probably go back into business for them again. <laughs> but at this stage, it's a bit late. That's another reason why she just wants it to be signed yeah, so that she yeah, can she can get rid of she them. Can, she can get her money, and it's like get I'm the not hell out of any, her. Yeah, get out of my life. Never have anything to do with him ever again. Because if she doesn't, she knows that she's going to lose all this. Let's money. be frank, though. Let's be frank. How many people are in a position whereby they can they, they, say? I don't know how how much money do you think Debbie's got invested in this. Tens of thousands. Yeah, tens of thousands, probably. If somebody said to you, you you lose £100,000 of your own money that you've saved up, or you you help somebody who's who's a sex pest. Yeah. Like, is a is £100,000 of my money worth the moral integrity of me saying, no, he's a, he's a naughty man? Because let's, where would the money go if Debbie left it? He would get all of it anyway. Mm. There's literally no she way can't. for her to win in this situation. No. And and Kevin's given her a hard time about it, but he would honestly... I know what Kevin's like. I don't think he would be any different. And in fact, I think 
Kevin is the sort of bloke who would be trying to make excuses for Ray. You know, sometimes it's hard to tell what a woman really wants. Well, I mean, Kevin himself has been a bit of a sex pest in the past. He's had his affairs. He's a Neanderthal and he has... I don't think he's got a good moral backbone. He thinks of his trousers. So... But let's not forget that Debbie tried to to frame Abby with drugs. The Robin and Oxford. I know, I know. But I think that they are actually doing a fairly good... Um, having a fairly good go at, um, I forgot, they're redeeming her. I and it is always, honestly, it's I been think obvious, the most interesting character. It's been obvious for at least a good a month, month and a half or so that Debbie is going to be on the road to redemption. And I, was, I think of at first, I was like, oh, really? Oh, why can't they just have her stay, stay villainous? And, and she's, how can she come back from this? She's clearly, you know, gone too far down the dark path. But actually, I'm... I don't think she... kind of championing I mean, Debbie at, at this stage. I, I, I challenge people to genuinely think of what they would do in this situation. There are very few people who can hold their hand on the heart and say, I would not have anything to do with it. You know, as soon as he started doing illegal stuff, that's a different thing. I think I would immediately dob him in because I would be worried about getting in trouble myself. What, like bribing the councillor? Exactly. Yeah, and, and this Once, is the... the... But the thing is, though, that then becomes a case of, well, I could go to prison mm. if I don't say... If I, if I let this happen and people find out that I knew I could be in serious trouble. Mm. So I completely sympathise with Debbie. She's in a really awkward position. She never got into business with Ray going, I know what I'll do. No, she I'll didn't empower know what a he sex was... case. Yeah. Well, no, I suppose she did know what it was like because... No, she knew... She... She'd had history with him before, hadn't she? But... That it's not apparent that Debbie had any idea that he was as predatory... As he is. And let's face it, we've been making, as a society, excuses for men who are like this for years mm. and years and years. They've gotten away with this. Boys will be boys. You just come on a bit strong. Maybe mixed messages. I can forgive people for making excuses. <sighs> this is a fictional show. And Debbie is, you know... Debbie only knows what Ray's told her as well. Yeah. Up to this true. point. And so when when Ray comes to her and says, oh, yeah, well, maybe I flirt a bit too much. Okay, uh, you know, at a, certain, at a certain stage, there are blokes who do that. Mm. And there are blokes like Ray. Yeah. You can't just condemn everybody. I don't know. Getting myself in trouble here, digging myself a sinkhole. <laughs> <laughs> so, where am I? We're with so, Craig. This is when Craig had his, has his friend's own kind of line with Faye. Oh, you've done the right thing. Blah, blah, blah. Have a friend. Oh, great. Yes, a friend, says Craig. A friend with benefits, he says, hopefully. She just ignores him. Abby goes and tells Faye what she's recorded. This could get him put behind bars and and Faye says, I guess it could get him sent down for a fraud and stuff and bribery, but he won't get his name on the sex offender register. Yeah, it's interesting that Abby, who had been, you know, shouting from the rooftops about... The, the, about him being a dirty old man just a few weeks ago at this stage has almost forgotten about this because she's got yeah, this she's like, I've got justice bit of evidence, the other thing. but yeah. And, and she's the one, you, you're right, when everyone else was saying, don't knock down the houses, she was saying, but he's a sex pest. And now she's flipped the other way around and Faye's the one saying, he's a sex pest. And now he's going, but don't worry about the houses. <laughs> so I also don't know... I don't know about this sex offender register. I need to know more about it. What do you like, want to know? Ray called it the nonce list. The nonce list. 
I there must be people who are on it that I know. How do you check? I don't know. Like what? You don't but have to. What like, I'm trying to th- no, but what I'm trying to work wear out. Wear a badge. Yeah, do you have to wear a like star of David? Yeah, no, no. Do you, does it really? I mean, there must be things like you can't go near schools or something, but yeah. it doesn't, like, you don't have to say, before we start this conversation, I have to tell you I'm a sex offender. And the guy goes, uh, sir, I work at Costa. I just want to know what size latte <laughs> you need. You know what I mean? I'm not sure how this would actually stop him from doing what he's done. No, I don't, I don't know. Do you see what I mean, my if, point is? But if he's, if he's... It's better than nothing. As a, as a businessman... And I don't know how, how often, you know, people do background checks on people they're doing business with. And, no, I don't know. That's my point. And it would all be in the papers, wouldn't it, anyway? I don't so know. I guess local, so. Local, you know... Local nonce. Millionaire, or however old, however rich he's supposed to be. Oh, God, did you see there was as. a... Um, there was a... Yeah, but listen, there was an article in the Times that I saw on Twitter today, like the headline was something like, um, stockbrokers to career in tatters... After he chokes his girlfriend outside his apartment. No. It's like, hmm, that horrible lady ruining that man's career by letting him choke her. <laughs> what a what a cow! But why don't why don't they think of her, his income and his <laughs> possible future earnings? Anyway, yeah, we're we're still we're still screwed up as a society. <laughs> so anyway, she wants to put him on the sex offender register. I don't know. I think if you had the choice, I think what I would do is. Work out which one he's most likely to get in trouble for, and how long he's going to get in prison, and whichever well, one. This is what the, this is what he was having to weigh up in today's uh, with when Miles came. Over, I guess, like I guess you they were co- right. You're going to go down for one of them. I this guess, is why. I guess they were right to get him. Um, it seems like he he really didn't want to be on the list because he doesn't think of himself as as like being a sex offender, and that's kind of an ego. Yeah. Um. Like it. It kind. Maybe. Maybe it will bring him to reality. I honestly don't. I think that people like Ray have got such padded egos. Nothing can touch them. Mm. So they decide. Yeah, that they want to. Um. They want. They want. Well, no. like, oh, I really wish he would go down for what he did to me. So Ray's like. Ray and Debbie are talking. He says, oh, I didn't try to rape Faye. And she's like, I don't think I believe you. And he says, I don't really care. It doesn't make any difference. So she says, look, the best thing that you can do is to sign the business over to me so your name's not attached to it. And then we can get this done. And all of the stigma that's attached to you will not be attached to this project. And we can just get on with it. And then we can never see each other again. He's like, nope. It doesn't feel like it should be that easy. Just because... Your partner's running it now. People aren't gonna forget or or not realise or not find out. But he doesn't care because he, he says I don't care. It will be fine. Abby comes in. She says, "Ray, I've got a video of you." And he's like, "Oh no, which one?" <laughs> <laughs> On the phone, Gary tells Faye he's proud of her and she needs to start wising up and looking after herself. He warns her. Faye tells Tim that she told Adam it was her what done it. Also, Ray's been released, and Tim's like, I said we should have gone to Spain. None of this would have happened if we were in Spain right now. (laughs) Abby says to Ray, I will bury the video if you confess to trying to rape Faye. Then she doesn't have to go through the trial and the trauma of the witness being a... You know, I completely sympathise with Abby here because she's trying to stop 
a fae from being victimised all over again by reliving her experience. It's quite a noble thing that she's trying to do. She does, but Abby also does want him to be officially... Yeah, but this gets that without having to drag Faye through a horrible experience. Yeah. So, Abby... Ray's like, oh, I don't know. I need some time to think about it. And Abby's so dumb, she's like, okay, I'll give you an hour. I thought it was... It was an hour, wasn't it? It was was 24 hours. No, he, he wanted 24 hours, and she's like, nope. I wouldn't have even given him that. Clock's ticking. She's silly. Um, Tim goes to see Adam. He's already spoken to the police and he says, I don't support the prosecution of Faye. But he says, look, it's out of my hands, honestly. It's something really I can do if they want to go ahead. But um, I can be, I, you know, I can be a difficult witness, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. and then, The thing is, he's already admitted he didn't know, he, he didn't see anything. Yeah, you can't drop the, the charges against you because he's... Oh, is it something along the lines of didn't we have this with another story recently that he's a witness in the crime against him and it's down to the is it it down to the CPS about whether it gets dropped or not and basically he can say I don't think that she should be prosecuted but it's not necessarily going to hold water although I kind of suspect that in this case it might do I'm not expecting Faye to end up you know behind bars depends on how much Adam would be willing to lie you know, I asked her to come and hit me. I remember. No, now. but he could be like, um, "Oh, I don't, I don't think it could possibly have been a woman. I definitely remember it was a man." And nobody can say, "Well, you're wrong." Well, it depends whether he's going to try and pin it on Peter, doesn't it? Well, you see what I'm saying. Yeah. On Friday, Kevin can see Abby's a bit tense. The hour's nearly up, and it's felt like forty-eight hours since she believe it? since she left Ray's office since, since Wednesday. She says. Um, she says, it's Ray, makes me, um, he says, leave him alone. And, and, um, but she's sitting in the car and she's cleaning the steering wheel of the car and sees Miles going into the bistro. And Miles like, you have, I would, if I was you, I'd say, um, you tried to assault Faye because you need to do one or the other. And I think that's the, the path of least resistance, basically. Yeah. And she, he says, no, I don't want to. Yeah, if if you do that, then this whole building project can still go ahead and yeah. you won't lose oodles and oodles of cash. Yes. Um, plus, you also did, didn't you? So, fair's <laughs> fair. Ray invites Abby over. He's like, I need to clarify some things. It's like, oh, I should bring my agenda. Shall we take a minute? I'm glad that Abby wasn't completely dumb then and just stroll into the bistro. Well, she says, t- I'm not... No way, no way I'm going to the bistro. Let's have a meeting in the robes because it's more public. So, Sal tells Kevin... Which, which it, it was an odd reason. Let's go somewhere that's more public, but we can't actually do it in the public with the Rovers. We have to, go, have to go out about... of the back where nobody else actually is. So you could potentially you could still, still beat, me beat me up or whatever, or drug me, which whatever is what ends up actually happening. Oh, I didn't see that coming, did you? No, I didn't. So, um, Sally tells Kevin that she's worried that Tim's going to bat out Ray... He's like, can you take him out and calm him down so that he's not mad? I think it takes more than a pint to to get him over <laughs> what's happened. So, Ray and Abby go out the back of the Rovers and he says, this was kind of funny, he says, um, I'll, I'll confess about Ray, Faye, if you delete the footage. And she says, I'll delete the footage if you confess about Faye. It it was kind of a bit of a stalemate, wasn't it? But really... Abby was being a bit Abby, dumb here because it's like, well, I don't have anything to lose. No. 
I don't. She could really... have been like, "Fine, I'll. I'm going to send this." I mean, in the end, she did, didn't she? Yeah. But... She basically, she's like, "I know what I want from you. I want you to go down for for something. You can pick what it is." If she if she'd walked away and then just sent, sent the video to everyone, what, what could he have done? No, no, she gave him too much power. But but the thing with the, the the fact that the video did actually get sent, she must have been sending it while she was pretty much sitting there with him. Because no, I, I, but when else would I listen? I'll oh, go on, go on. Let's talk about it. So. Um, Sally is surprised to hear from Emma that Abby and Ray are out the back of the Rovers and she goes to investigate and she's like Abby come here what the hell are you doing why are you talking to Ray and she says I've got a secret plan to get get Faye off of the Barlow bashing charges and get Ray in trouble so eventually the standoff between Abby and Ray finishes he says fine I'll go I'll make the first move they get up and she starts to get woozy. The, but they've both been... She's, she's had this orange juice. And obviously, when stupid Sally came to distract Abby, he must have slipped in a drink then. Yeah. So she's now been drugged. And she she realises immediately what he has done to her and starts trying to escape. And he's following her going, oh, what's wrong? <laughs> and um, she tries to get her phone and she just fumbles at the at the screen and drops it on the floor, collapses. collapses and he's there going, oh, dear. <laughs> he must... I don't know how we managed to pick an unconscious Abby up in broad daylight, carry her through to the bistro but he managed to do it yeah, nobody no, else nobody any else watching there he should have just I, been I, like do you think he like checked her in a wheelie bin or something and yeah trundled her well, down the well you say that but I've, I know there's definitely a murder case where a student in a American school killed a teacher and carted her body through the school oh really in a bin I think <laughs> yeah we, we don't need to know how exactly that happened it happened but... everybody and she <laughs> She wake well. She ends up on the floor in the bistro with uh, with Debbie there, going, "What? Why is, why is, Abby on the floor, unconscious? And also, why did she send me this video of you bribing a counsellor? Mm. This was so fantastic. That was I a great moment. Like, because I was, up until I, this I, point, I thought, have I missed something? And no, I was like, oh no. Up until this point, I was thinking, oh Abby, you loony. So you're was stupid. I. I can't Abby believe you've been so this well. naive. He's going to get the phone off her and delete it, and then we're back to square one. Because uh, I think on Wednesday's episode, or maybe it was early on Fridays, he was like, well, how do I know you haven't made a copy of it? And she's like, yeah, how do you know? You just have to trust me. But and she I probably was... went home and went, that's a good idea. I, I, I should probably, probably do, do that, that, yeah. <laughs> I've got an hour to do it. Yeah. I need to find out I'll how to. just upload it to Flickr. But it generally, they, characters on Corrie don't do the obvious things like that. They don't <laughs> no. have their cloud storage, this apart was... from Jeff. Yeah, this was why this was a good story because it was it was it was unexpected that suddenly not just Abby uh, Debbie gets this, but other people start getting it too, and they're all going, "What is this? I don't understand." And and blimmin' Ray is going absolutely bonkers trying to think of all these stupid ideas for yeah. how we can get can, away can with I it. Can I pay them all He's off? He's like, and... I'll, "I'll just bribe everyone," and and Debbie's like, "No, we need to call an ambulance." That's his to... like only resort, isn't it? That's and what he's used to being yeah. able to do. That's yeah. His first answer to everything but he ain't got the cash anymore and it's too many, too people. many people and some and of them there's people like Roy in they're there. not going they don't they I mean Roy was literally going to spend a hundred thousand pound to get R- R- him in trouble yeah so um she it's ba- he, it, she sent it to everybody on 
the list, so it has gone viral. I reckon what happened is they've got a WhatsApp group. Yes. Like a protest WhatsApp group. <laughs> she's like, sent to all my friends. <laughs> and then she sends an emoji of like her doing a wink. There's probably a, a good, you know, 75% of the people that received that video not got a clue who it is in it or no. what they're talking about. Why have I been sent this? Delete but... this. It looks like spam. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so, so Ray sort of starts off at um, let's let me bribe everybody and then turns to let's just murder Abby. That will solve all the problems. And Debbie doesn't point out to him that this doesn't actually help. It just makes things worse. She just says, I'm not going to help you kill her. We need to call the ambulance. Abby kind of starts waking up and she can see and hear things a little there, bit, but it's all there was a, a bit There was a quite a good twist at the end with Ray's disappearance and some of the things that happened in this scene are going to be important then. So, for example, the fact that Abby knows that Debbie was in there. Ah, yeah. He trips over, Ray Ray trips over, and he falls directly onto a massive upturned shard of glass. Yeah, handy that that was. Straight into the palm of his hand, blood everywhere. Also setting things up for, you know, when Ray's missing, is he dead? Did Ray do it? Abby thinks that she saw Debbie there. There's Ray's... Uh, DNA all over the place and, and I'm not, not just, just talking, talking blood <laughs> <laughs> so sex case sex case um, he chases Debbie into the kitchen and he's she's trying to dial 999 she, she, she's on the phone and he says I said you I said I really say I told you not to do that or something like that and she just looks at him then we cut the scene ends then we see Seb's like hello I'm in it now um, Kevin, have you have you seen this video? Kevin's exactly the sort of guy he would not. He's the kind of guy he like doesn't understand the mobile part of mobile phone. Well, he, you can he just imagine the... that he has the place where he plugs his phone in in the evening and he doesn't look at it at all, and then he moans when he doesn't get told stuff. He was the the butt of an online joke for a good six months, a few years ago, wasn't it? With Kev the crank, he didn't realize that <laughs> everybody true. around him yeah. knows knows him as Kev the crank for rants and bands. It's yeah. like just yeah, it's, he doesn't get flies it. Flies right over his head. He probably still has one of those Nokia. Yeah. So anyway, he hasn't seen. Surprised he didn't have a rotary phone pull it out of his <laughs> from his purple bomber jacket. <laughs> Hello, Weatherfield five four three. Hi hi, Kevin Rapster. <laughs> um, yeah, he's like, what video? And Seb's like, uh, you know, shows in the video. So immediately, Kevin tries to ring Abby, but it goes to voicemail. He recognizes this the scene that this is and thinks that she's filmed this now in the hotel. So she starts to head out, but luckily meets Sally, and she says, "Oh no." Um, they're not there. I just saw them at, at the pub. So then they notice the ambulance pull up outside the bistro. This can be no coincidence. It must be Abby. She gets wheeled out. She was alone in the bistro. Mysterious. And they're like, what's wrong with this woman? And Kevin says, well, she was a drug addict, but she hasn't been for like months, months and months. And the, you can see the paramedics like, huh, okay. <laughs> right. Um, That's what they all say, sir. Yeah, she wouldn't have taken anything. But I do need to tell you, if you take her into hospital, don't leave drugs around. <laughs> yeah. Because we got into this trouble last time. Yes, do you remember? Okay. Three or four months ago. Yeah. Abby wakes up next to Kevin in the hospital. She doesn't remember anything. And she doesn't even remember how she sent the video. Mm. That was weird. i tell you what it is, Michael. What? It's because we know that this, she's got a Samsung but she's used to using an iPhone. She must have pressed the wrong button. You reckon? 
Yeah, I reckon. <laughs> Do you not think? Yeah. I don't know how to work this out. I think we need to try and piece together the timeline in a minute. <laughs> Debbie shows up. She's like, Ray? Who is Ray? What is Ray? Where is Ray? I don't know. Um, she says, I'm sorry, Abby. What happened to you? I will help you from now on. Yes, she has made the switch. Yes, she used Compare the Meerkat <laughs> and she switched her to, to, the, to, the good to side. evil provider to, to Abby. Yes, so they're, they're all very excited. Finally, we've reached the end of this incredibly long story, an hour into Street Talk. Um, and yeah. we've been kind of giving our opinions as we've been going yeah, exactly. along. But um, I never thought, I, I, we really didn't pick up, or maybe I'm being a bit slow I, or just getting distracted by all the amazing tweets I've done today. But I really, <laughs> I didn't really get that like, when you were like, oh, maybe Debbie killed Ray. I was like, what? Oh, yeah, he is missing. It was it was funny because I I, I didn't know any of that was going to happen today. I went into tonight's Coronation Street thinking, I didn't know what was going to happen. Obviously, there was this, um, you got 24 hours Ray kind of um, time limit that, that something would then happen. But I wasn't expecting there to be, you know, the chase, the blood, the the attack, the the missing person, the ambulance, all of that. That that was great. And it, it kind of felt like a, a kind of not not quite Britain's Got Talent Super Soap Week, but a kind it felt like it ramped up fairly intensely, but within COVID guidelines, particularly that scene in the bistro with Ray and Debbie towards the end, didn't it? They they were still managing to stay two metres away from each other. And I don't yeah. know whether they should have kind of EastEnders it and and, and made it so that they could be a bit more a bit closer to each other because it, it, it felt like they were skirting like, around each other yeah. a little bit too much but I I didn't it, it didn't bother me too much I was just excited to be caught up in some unexpected drama and really really not knowing what was going to happen next because sometimes when characters get into spots of bother you think they'll be okay they're not going to kill off so and so but with both Debbie and Ray I mean Ray's obviously yeah. got a limited shelf life on the street but I don't know when he's going Debbie I've got no idea whether they have got any intention of, of keeping her on or whether they were gonna you know turn her into a is murderer the right term I don't know if you call if I call Gary a murderer for beating Rick Nealon then that means that Debbie's a murderer as well if she's, Michael, if she's done Rayan if you are responsible for the death of another human being but he he was he was um you know, self-defense, wasn't it? I'm sure he could say that when he when he was being attacked by Rick and Debbie was certainly backed into the corner in in the bistro. But in, in any case, um, th- this is clearly where it's going to be going next week. I was wondering though, do you think it would have been better if we hadn't seen Ray or Debbie at the end when she strolls into the hospital? I was more confused because I was. I was either expecting not to see either of them again, and that be the mystery that we're left with over the weekend. Hang on a minute, why was Abby left on her own in the bistro? Or we'd have, you know, like a final scene of them together in a darkened room somewhere, either, you know, Debbie knocked out or dead or tied to a chair or something and, and Ray crowing over her, or vice versa. What what would you prefer? Would you prefer to have left it as a mystery or I like the, the mysteries. I, what do you mean? It is a mystery. How is this not a mystery? But there would have been just would it have been a better mystery 
if we didn't know where Debbie was, because if we'd have oh, not okay. seen either of them, and we would be talking now, which one of them is dead? Which yeah, one that's of, true. Uh, could either of them be dead? Could they have yeah. killed each other? And yeah, now we know point. Debbie's fine. But what we don't know is, you know, is has she has she done right? Oh, in? exciting! I don't think she has because that would be too exciting. I I don't think she has either. Um, and the fact that, like I said. Ray's blood is now on the floor. Also, Abby's going to remember Debbie being there. She's going to be accused of doing Ray in. But um, also I, I don't, don't know whether she has. But then it makes me think, so, so what happened after he backed her into the corner in the kitchen? Did he just say, oh, oh damn I'm, it. I'm going home now. Oh, I just remember I, I left he the oven went, on. Her. Curse you, woman, and ran away. Or did he just hear the flashing lights coming? I don't know why hear he the would. flashing lights. Uh, hear the sirens, though. I don't know why he would have left her and let her get away. Well, because, because he wanted she has her got to away. not. Yeah, but she. He's like, don't call an ambulance, and she did anyway. And he's like, well, I could stand here and argue with you, or I could go on the run. I'm, I heard Spain's a good place. So he he's on the run basically now, isn't he? That's what I think. And it it feels to me like, you know, a villain's life cycle on Coronation Street. When the end is nigh, they generally go off for a bit. And then come back for a last stand. Yeah. I mean, sneak Pat, up and uh, and yeah. then have a bit confrontation. Yeah, like I mean, Pat Phelan, he went yeah. away to Wales for a bit, didn't he? Richard Hillman, he went away before the final thing. Quite quite often, they They'll have disappear. A, a little break and then they come back for their their last hurrah. Mm-hmm. And and I and I think maybe you know I I don't know when we'll see Ray again, but it feels like it could be two, three, four weeks time. Or it could be next week. It it could be that he'll come back and and I think. Uh, yeah, the end is definitely in sight for him. Yeah. Once Ray, once Debbie has been accused. Unless she definitely killed him and put him in the sex um, freezer. I assume he did. I mean, do you think that he's going to end up dead after this? I think the fact that he's likely to be accused... Or she's, I guess the question is... People are going to suspect he is makes me think, oh, he probably won't be then. If he ends up dead and it wasn't Debbie that kills him now, who will it be? Who will what be? What kills him? Someone's got to kill him. No, yeah, exactly. I, but it does feel a bit like, oh, we just had this we, with Jeff. Yeah, that's that's the Maybe thing. Maybe this if, is a bit too much. If they killed off Jeff well, and then, you know, it. two months later, one month later, they kill off Ray. Good. No, uh, I, I think he Exciting. may end up... He may end up behind bars. Right. Um, Let's go to Spain. What? No, I... What? <laughs> What else? What else has happened? I mean, it felt like we were talking about Abby. Abby, we haven't talked about Abby. Abby, I'm so happy. Oh, the cat has just turned around. We're not talking about. I you. couldn't just say. Are you in, in this hero? house? The three, three, all three of us have got namesakes on the show, and I feel very shortchanged <laughs> because both of your characters are way better than my character. And if any of them is going to win <laughs> the gold medal for the best character on the street, it's definitely so Abby. It's definitely going to be the cat. That's she, win this. she continuously surprises and delights me with how heroic she is and how awesome and selfless. And, and it doesn't. She get like boring. recklessly throws herself into danger, and she's not the sort of character as well who's like a boring goody goody two shoes who's like saving everyone, like how like Captain America and the Avengers is the most boring Avenger because he's like oh I'm so brave and selfless I'll yeah, help so everyone whereas like Abby's like yeah I'm a druggie but I also care about people because they just, can give me drugs she's just brilliant <laughs> yeah she and, is and she's, and it's and she's almost, it's, like, it is a bit of a joke that she, she saves the day again also, and I, I wasn't yeah. expecting it either and it could have been any number of people who'd been the one to get Ray caught on camera yeah. and when it was her again 
Yeah. I could have been like, oh, why does it have to be Abby? But in the set, no, I was I like, it. no, of course it's Abby. Yeah. Who else would it be she's but so Abby? She's so feisty and so, like, she's so diminutive and, like, scrappy. And just her reactions to everything is audible. Like, the, the, jaw, the jaw drop. She's so yeah. proud of herself. And, she reacts and, like... And her cockiness yeah. when she went round to see Ray. And um, so some of the little, you know, micro... <laughs> reactions expressions that she did and she was like oh salad number six Ooh, she's gonna have to put, unpack all her boxes now <laughs> kind of thing i think she's, she's sometimes brilliant. like oh like the the bitchy embodiment of the the audience that isn't she like <laughs> the bitchy things that we say she says it out loud but yeah. she's not one of the she's not like a snarky battle axe kind of no she's she's so there's nobody else like n- her lovable. no there's not and, and, and she's I, not she's not bought she's not it's not got old yet no occasionally her achilles heel if you like it is the drugs and, and when we had that story a couple of months ago yeah, where it looked like she drugs. was going to go back on the drugs again and is she gonna you know have her addiction problems i, I don't need that and when she was with peter I, I i that that did nothing for me that left me cold really but everything else is just amazing. No, Sally no. Carmen is such, such such an asset to the show. She's she's rocketing right up there. I know. Easily. I mean, if if I was to say who's who are my favourite characters on Coronation Street at the moment, she she would probably she probably would be like right there next to David. Yeah. I think David and Power Abby <laughs> currently. And yeah. I've had lots of other favourite characters in the past, and sometimes. Um, like with Jenny, I still love Jenny, but she's certainly not been, you know, a major character in Coronation Street, sadly, for a little while. And I'm hoping that she's going to you know, get those stories back again. But um, but Abby's just, she's easily one of the best things about Coronation Street. And I said before, like, just dump her into any scene and you know that the scene will be better because of her presence. Yeah. yeah. And there aren't many characters that you can say that to. Yeah. And it, it to me, I really kind of I, I like it because it's one of Tony Warren's original kind of founding concepts of Coronation Street was telling stories about strong women who, you know, ruled the roost and you know the the the, the great sort of titans of the North who um, needed to be be celebrated on television. Mm. And to me, Abby's kind of like a modern reinvention of what that means. Like she is, she's rough and ready. She yeah. she can hold her own she's in an scrappy, argument, but she's but down she's to earth. she's lovable and she's got a heart. Good with her hands. Yeah, I I could see Abby squaring up against Ina Sharples on the street. Oh, Ina Sharples would not approve of a woman who wears trousers <laughs> let alone is a mechanic. Mind you, the okay. Queen was a mechanic during World War Two, so, so can you imagine a street showdown between Abby and Evelyn, say? That would just be amazing. Yeah, I know, yeah. I, she's I, I think she's iconic. She she Abby, is really, really a legend in the making there. I mean if this story had played out ten years ago, it'd be Becky who'd be doing all yes. this, I imagine. Yeah. And um and Becky was a very, very special character. Yeah. And she but has gone not... she has gone down as a bit of a Corrie legends and Becky and Abby are, are similar in that they were both the very cloth. flawed mm. and they had like you know like she had a background with drugs and alcohol just yeah. like Abby has her her demons to, to slay but um because of Abby's sort of physicality and her like literal putting her life in in danger to save people because of that she is a unique female character mm. in the soap it still feels though that she's not, you know, widely recognised 
by... It feels like she should be everyone's favourite character and she's not. Yeah. And, and Becky, Catherine Kelly... Got you know got the did she get nominations I don't I don't remember I don't Honestly, remember it I felt think... like the nation loved Becky more than they do Abby I know but I don't it... think we've got our pulse on the nation what the nation likes no what are you talking about I, yeah I don't know if there are two people more sheltered than us I'd like to I see them I don't know how long Abby's going to stay in the show I, I hope it's for an incredibly long time but I, I mean her. if I was Sally Carvin I'd be kind of riding the wave of success that Coronation Street is giving and maybe trying to get onto you know. Other dramas. Well, let's face it. Women who people I gave a bit away there. People that have done well at Corrie have been women who've played Mm. really strong, very iconic characters who have then taken the the stereotypes that that their career was built on and completely flipped them and and sort of challenged people's expectations. I suppose the difference with Sally Carmen though is that if if I think of Sarah Lancashire. Uh, Saran Jones, Catherine Kelly, they they were new to co- acting when they came into Corrie, weren't they? They hadn't done many things before, whereas Sally Carmen has got a bit of a CV behind her. Um, she never submitted it to me. <laughs> so she she had kind of already made a name for herself before Coronation Street, in a way, so maybe she's Please stay not... in Coronation Street! Uh, Tell you what, doesn't it say something about like our, our mentality and... Um, like how pessimistic we are that as soon as we start talking about somebody and how much we like them on this podcast we was like please don't leave the show please never leave us i know i i just you're too good for us but please never find out that there's lots of characters that i like in coronation street there's an awful lot of characters that like i don't mind and it's like yeah they, they can be funny but they can also be boring but yeah. abby is definitely one of those up there which i really really do feel strongly passionately about and and yeah i would defend to the death yeah and, and just the very the the thought that one day she might not be in coronation street again makes you me know feel what, a bit though, sad the thing that the thing that's even sadder joined to make even buy me out even more what you want to be true to the story of abby mm-hmm. and you you want her to leave the show she's probably going to die saving someone's life i know yeah she probably will she probably, i know as long as she doesn't die like all those idiots who push somebody out of the way of a car and then wait for the car to run them over. As long as she doesn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's um, stop. Yeah. No, no. I, I know, but we. I, talk- I know the, it's worth talking about. Even but... even the fact that it was her there on the very contrived moment when she was filming Ray speaking very loudly about all his crimes. <laughs> I think again because it was Abby because of the reactions because it was like yeah Abby's going to save the day again. That's one of the other things that made me Abby's not free, mind that yeah. Ray was digging his own grave. Abby's the kind of character he was who, asking to be caught really. Who really it. You can tell a lot about our personalities by the fact that we like Abby and David because both of those are kind of proxies for the audience at times where where they just kind of look at what's going on and go, bloody hell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think you're right. I think you're really, really right, actually. Um, so, I mean, do, do you think that whether Ray is dead or not, and I can only assume he's not, and if he is, it's not at the hand of Debbie. Do, do you feel as well like the end is in sight for him? And if it oh, is, his car's been marked. Is is this a satisfying conclusion for him? Uh, no, I think he's. I think he's. Yeah, no, I think he's coming back for a final. Oh yeah, he, he'll be back for his final act. But are you are you happy that his story has run its course now? No. What do you mean? 
for the no, moment. W- will, will it have done? If he comes back and he is in it for one more week, so, and yeah. that's enough, will that be enough, Ray? I think lots of people will agree that they've had enough Ray. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I spent a lot of 2020 thinking, what, why have they put Ray in the bistro? He's not done anything. We never see him. Yeah. Why, has, why didn't he just leave? Um, because he, he's got lasagna to sell. And I didn't really think much of him, but he really, really has... Yeah, he's great. He, and he's done a good job of filling the gap that Jeff left, in a way, as well. Really, yeah. He made way for him. Yeah. Made way for Ray. Um, uh, yeah, I, I think it... Yeah, and, and before, I think I, I thought, well, he, he's not going to be remembered as a great Corrie villain, and I still don't think he's, he's going to be talked about in the same breath as, as Hillman and Phelan and, no. and Tony Gordon he hasn't had enough but time. He, he's certainly... To me, at the same level as say, Frank Foster, yeah, definitely, or maybe above that, and there've been so 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 many wrongums in Coronation Street's past. And if you think about, you you got your A tier, your B tier, which is, I guess, the likes of, of Frank and and Stape and everything, and then you got your your gangster mix who's down the, the the lower end of the alphabet. Ray has really risen up there this year, so I I hope that he has a, a great conclusion. Um, I'm I'm happy that it's Abby that's brought him down. It, I mean, to be perfectly dramatically satisfying, Michelle should really come back and be the one that sticks the knife in. You're just saying that because we just talked about Anna Windass for our YouTube character upload. Yeah. And we talked about how um, Debbie Rush was giving all these interviews when Anna left going, I don't think it, this, it's over between Anna and Philo. And we were going, what are you talking about, Debs? You're at the show. And then she was like, here I am, surprise! There was actually, um, the, the, one of the reasons that made me think to, to say this is there was an article in the Mirror or the Sun or something that I saw retweeted by Kim Marsh this evening saying, fans want Kim Marsh to come back and be the one to take down Ray. No, I wouldn't like that. I wouldn't like that as well. The story's moved on too much. Yeah, but it it started with her, didn't it? I know, but of all the people that have been wronged by Ray, I don't think that she's top of the list. No, I think if it's, uh, I mean, if it's Faye and Abby, I mean... Yeah. Faye's had worse done to her by Ray than... Abby has, really. Well. Um, but so so maybe a bit of a a double tag team. Yeah, yeah. Um, so speaking of Faye, I mean, what what are we thinking about that side of the story? You you, you mentioned earlier that Ellie Leach was impressed you with her dramatics on yeah. Monday Wednesday. Yeah. I thought she was good. I. She she's been a funny character to watch over the past five or six years because she was definitely one that she floundered after. After um, Anna left, it's like... Well, I think even before Anna left, there were a lot mm. of people that weren't massive Faye fans. Yeah, I I remember always being a bit of a... Um, I can't remember what was the right word. I, I was always quite complimentary towards her. And I, I, I quite liked Faye, actually, when everybody else seemed to have given up on her and thought, why, why is this character still here? She doesn't do anything. I'm pretty but... sure a significant five or 10 year anniversary of her being in the show is coming up soon. Yeah, yeah, I think it is, which surprises me to think that she, that she's been in the show that long. That How seems long is like it? I think it's I think it's 10. Mm, must be. It, and that feel it feels like she hasn't had 10 years worth of stories behind her, no, does she it? She feels hasn't. like she's got pregnant and now this has happened and that's her <laughs> 10 years basically. But I I think Ellie Leach has been good. I I wouldn't, you know, put her up there among my favorites. Um, but I've I've championed her as the years have gone on, and with this story, I'm thinking she's all right. 
Um, but I did, I did think that she did a good job with the confession on Wednesday. Um, yeah. I'm not saying that, you know, that I want once this story's over for her to be on the uh, on the A list of Corey females or anything. I, I I don't think that the character is that interesting. But it's nice that she's been given a crack at a decent story. It uh, if I compare her say to to Asha and Tanisha Gorey's. Um, uh, renaissance and um the the surprise at just how amazing she is i think i still prefer asha to faye yeah um but yeah i think asha's a bit more of a complicated person mm. somehow which is weird to say because they they managed to build that out of nothing yeah yeah exactly it did it came out of nowhere and, and also asha was hardly convincing. even in it last yeah. year as well but yeah it's very, completely very... convincing really well portrayed logical not, it didn't feel like an issue story tacked on to, to a character because they were the nearest one when the writers threw a dart at dartboard, you know? Mm. Yeah, uh, whereas I'm very excited to find out what the future has in store for the Allahans, Dev and the twins, I can't say that I feel the same way about Faye. No. If this story is over and that's kind of her you know her little arc done and we and she goes back to <laughs> cleaning tables at the bistro again and that's about it i wouldn't be bothered but yeah for for what it's worth i think that um she's been pretty good this week and it's nice to see her be you know have some morals and confess as well although but was it just to save peter's skin i don't know um i also i'm also not at all interested in will they won't they Faye and craig no I'm not really. It kind of, it feels like they're kind of made for each other, and she and they they have been friends for a long time. And he was there to support her when she was pregnant and everything. And it was all quite sweet, but I'm not seeing kind of bubbling sexual tension from either side really. No. He just is a little bit pathetic, and he just wants a shag. It's like it's really he, hard to 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 find you appealing when you're begging. For sex. I, but I don't think he's been he nice is. to me. I, I think Michael, I think he just like No, no if you use the term friend zone as a man and you're unaware of the connotations that it makes you sound like you're desperate for a shag, let this be your warning and a public service announcement. I don't it feels tuck like Craig wouldn't know what brain, to do. Tuck this into your brain and and remember you can say it friend zone as much as you like. But what you say and what women hear are two different things. Mm. I, I think they probably will end up getting together. That's I think the they thing. do because Coronation Street just doesn't really... <clears throat> doesn't. It's not very good at um, sort of deciding this isn't going anywhere. It's, I don't know, they do drop things, don't they? It, it's a bit like that Chesney and Gemma felt inevitable for <coughs> at least two years, didn't they? It's because, this it's because we're like, longer. this is a bad idea, don't do it. And it's like watching the it, Titanic crash into an iceberg. That, that was a bit. But this one, it doesn't feel like a bad idea. It just it doesn't, doesn't seem like an, it just doesn't seem like an exciting well, idea. It's, it's, not idea. Like, it's not like one's going to drag the other one down because neither character... Uh, mega exciting as it as I it is already it, I, I kind of like will. both of them I like but... both of them but I think this time is precious on Coronation Street and uh, do you want to waste it watching Faye and Craig no I don't I'd rather they had you know <clears throat> I'd rather they didn't have romance stories at all because I find them incredibly boring 
But I, I, I like the romance stories. I, okay. I mean, what's what's boring to me is what we get with, um, you know, like Adam and Sarah who just get together and it's all sizzling and sexy and, um, and you know, and there's kind of nothing there other than raw sexual tension and, and, and yeah, fourness of it. That that to me is boring. I like the idea of a, of a romance. That's why people like. Fizz and Tyrone are a really important couple to me on Coronation oh, so Street because they feel normal, and and maybe maybe Craig and Faye would be good because they do feel normal. But then There's Ryan and Alia feel normal, normal and then they. There's plenty of. I mean, you've got Toya and Imran. You've got Fizz and Tyrone. You've got Alia and Ryan. Let's just leave it. We don't need another. Let's just. Can we anyway? Can we move on to a different? Story? We will move on. We we spent long enough talking about this story, but basically, yay Abby is our summary of the past hour and a half's worth of chat and boo ray. So I think somebody could have sort of summarised that for themselves. <laughs> so I mean, what we left over from this story is all the moving house bits with Gail and Yasmin and David and everything. So Wednesday. Um, we had a couple of scenes where Gail's desperately trying to get a job cleaning at the factory. I mean, uh, if you'd have asked me, like last week, what if I just said Gail has got a job, what do you think Gail's job is? I probably would have said factory cleaner. Yeah. Because I, I don't know. That seems like Cleaning all the Cleaning up can... after Nick, which has been her life's work since the child was birthed. Yeah, so she's going to go and clean at the factory now and probably find out some... Something that goes on, she's going to earwig into She's going to hack something. in the computer. Yeah. Um, we also see um, her sticking it to David when he asks her to go and pick up the kids from school and, and take she them doesn't. around for tea. Which she, she says, I can't look after them because you live too far away from me now. And then and what then, happens? And then he goes, oh, please, mum. And she's like, oh, OK, then. And, and then he says... And then she says, can you make me tea? And she's like, OK, then. Yeah, Dormat yeah. Gale. Um I don't think there's much more of that particular story now. I think everything else in my notes is, is Elaine and Yasmin related. So Elaine, who is another one where I'm thinking, is she going to leave? I don't really want her to leave, but she doesn't feel like she's staying for long. But um, I, I'm very happy with the idea that she's working at Speed Dial now. She goes in there on, on Wednesday, and um, this is when Yasmin started to go back to work again. Um, and Yasmin, bless her, starts to have a bit of a panic attack well, when like, she gets it's a bit an order early. on. Yeah. Yeah, she gets she has a panic attack when she gets an order wrong and she 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 realizes that she's done something wrong in the kitchen, but rather than having a little mini breakdown there, she decides to come out into the main bit of speed dial, put her head in her hands and kind of wail um like a banshee in front of all the customers, which were apparently there, but we didn't see any of them. Well, is it Ali comes in and says, Oh, they like this food, but it wasn't what they ordered. Yeah. And so I've comped them a pudding. And then Yasmin sort of like clutches her head and wails her way to the dining room. And you can just imagine this couple sitting there going, oh my God, we shouldn't have said anything. <laughs> what have we done? I don't think I want the pudding. It just didn't really feel that it worked for me, that scene, because Elaine, Yasmin and Alia were clearly the only people <laughs> on that set at the time. I know, there wasn't even any background noise. People <laughs> no, going, oh, rhubarb, rhubarb, rhubarb. Um, anyway, um... After closing time, Yasmin's disappointed in herself for letting Jeff continue to get to her. Because this is it. She, she, it, she wasn't just having a panning attack about the pudding. She still feels yeah. like... She, she Jeff was, always she, used to tell yeah. her that everything well, she, she did was wrong. Because she was reacting to Jeff. And Jeff's yeah. not there. 
And so she's like, he still controls me, even yeah. though he's dead. And I really loved Elaine's suggestions at the end that she should uh, try a daily act of defiance. She said, like, oh, why don't you wear something that Jeff would hate and go out to somewhere that he wouldn't approve of or only put one earring in or something like that. And I, I thought that I was I like that, but the, the phrase daily acts of defiance really feels like it was lifted directly from a sort of, so you've self-help, been abused yeah. <laughs> self-help book. Yeah. Um, I, I like the idea. I quite like to I see it. I don't really, know whether we will, but I said before on here that I think that um, Jeff stifled Yasmin's creative flair with her like wardrobe and how she dresses because she used to have a bit more of a kind of like an Asian yeah traditional. Um, she she used to wear a scarf over one shoulder. She she wasn't she didn't wear traditional Indian clothing, but she had a sort of a, a flair. With her, with her outfit, yeah, that that kind of, I don't know, it was quite theatrical and really interesting, and I really loved it. And so I really wanted to start wearing clothes like that again. Part of it though is that possibly Sharif made her dress like that, so I'd like her to maybe get a bit of a balance because I know, but she's still, I mean, she, she's an Indian woman, yeah, it's like she's of, proud of her heritage, part of her culture and her heritage. Yeah. So I think that she should. I, I think so, I think so If she too. wants to wear those things, I think that she looked beautiful. I think it'd be cool. Um, Wednesday, uh, Friday, sorry, um, Elaine goes to speed dial again as a surprise to find Yasmin working there alone because Alia's gone off somewhere, so she offers to help out. So she gets, we have a little training scene there. Elaine's really kind of useless. And I don't know, I'm just a mean, I'm a mean girl, obviously, because I could... Yasmin was sort of watching her and I can imagine Yasmin going, God, I think Jeff had a point with this one. <laughs> Bloody useless. Yeah, you would have thought that after all that time cooking for, for Jeff and cleaning to, up after him and everything, she might have acquired some fair, kind of domestic skills. It was, the, it was the, the card machine that she was having trouble with. I don't know what experience she would have gained okay, using that. you're right, you're right. Uh, Jeff and Pim wasn't even around when those <laughs> no. two were married. Yeah, so... Yeah, fair enough. Um... Uh, then Evelyn comes in, and uh, what a mix of brilliant Corrie characters oh, that love was. Them Evelyn, all as well. Elaine, and Yasmin all together. All these, you know, more mature women. Um, just uh, yeah, f- fantastic. Um, and and then it all. And it also, kind of... just point out what a great range of different personalities. It's not like Corrie still is good at not pigeonholing people according. Yeah. I, I think actually, if you can level a criticism at Corrie, it's they pigeonhole younger characters. Mm. Like the, the the sort of the the twenties to early thirties characters are all like, oh, he's a stud and she's a yeah, oh. she's a vixen. <laughs> she's a hoe. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Whereas the the older ones are a bit more interesting. Yeah, they they end it ends up just being about dogs, isn't it? The rest of the story. Um, with, well, with... first of all, Yasmin says, "Do you want a trial period?" And she says, "Yes." Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And she says, "Oh, what about Tinkerbell?" Yeah, we we find out that Yasmin has let Tinkerbell out. And Tinkerbell, it transpires, is a cute little Pomeranian dog that Elaine has um, just rescued from the local shelter. And, um, you know, I'm definitely a cat person, but this Tinkerbell was pretty adorable. I love small what dogs. What a cute little face that dog had. Pomeranians. Oh, when, when Tinkerbell were... just looked so thrilled to be on She's Coronation like, Street. On Coronation Street. She's like, oh, look, there's Yasmin. Oh, oh there's the Rovers. Oh, she, oh, there's one point where she turns around. around. She's like, oh, look down Victoria Street. She literally Street. looks like when you go on the Coronation Street tour with some over-enthusiastic Canadian like, fans. Oh, She's no. like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think Tinkerbell's Canadian? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God, my mum's going to... 
just die when she sees me on TV. This is great. Oh, that's not that's not LA, didn't it? Um, Tinkerbell was literally dancing her way down. Like, She's we're like, going yeah. for a walk. But, I mean, I don't know where, how much we can trust Coronation Street with keeping pets because, oh, as no. we've seen from Tracy's cat, Sylvester... Um, they just can just dead. disappear into, into the. I'd forgotten about Sylvester. Somebody brought him up on our Facebook group the other day, and he's like, "Oh yeah, there was a cat," and I and I, I felt ashamed of myself that I'd forgotten there was a cat that seems to have just been dropped. I think Tracy may have insinuated that she, she, got, do, rid she got rid of her because, him because of um, allergies. Uh, yeah, but. I've completely forgotten. So, but I, I, I'd love for for Tinkerbell. To I stay. think She's this adorable. is a really smart idea of Coronation Street to bring in pets. Because let's remember that there's no physical touching at all between mm. anybody. I think Elaine holding Tinkerbell to her face was the closest physical intimacy between two characters we've seen on Coronation Street for like yeah, you're six right, months. Actually, you're very, very right. Sometimes <laughs> a character just, nice just needs to someone to hug and they've not been yeah, able to. So nice. give them all a, a dog or a cat or something. So <laughs> it was... Think of it Leanne. If Leanne had a little pet... Oh! That she could stroke and you know cuddle what? and Elaine should hire Tinkerbell out as a support dog. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, of course, Evelyn is the sort of person who thinks it's funny and original to go, oh, you've got a small dog. I hate people like this. Oh, the worst one was Alia, who's... Oh, that, was, that was a bad... When she comes down into speed dial and goes, oh, there's a rat under the table. Can I just point <laughs> out that people love to say this about small dogs, but nobody says this about cats, and they're pretty much the same size. You don't walk into someone's house and go, oh, gosh, why have you got a rat in your house? Oh, sorry, no, that's my Siamese cat. It's, you just sound stupid. It, that was stupid because, I mean, pe- people sometimes will call small dogs rats. Just because they're they stupid and ignorant. But I don't think they ever think they actually are a rat. I don't know how you could look at this big bundle of fluff and think it's a rat. Well, first of all, you wouldn't go, gosh, there's a rat. You'd say, Jesus Christ, phone an exorcist. That's the biggest rat I've ever seen. <laughs> And it's barking at me. Can somebody help? <laughs> um, what, ends up, uh, what ends up happening? Yeah, e- Evelyn basically just has a bit of a standoff with uh, Elaine and says, "Oh, you just use your dog as a fashion accessory. I've got a, you know, a, I've got a real dog. I've got a real Why dog. Why don't you a rescue hand. a dog?" And then and then she walks off, and then Elaine thinks of a funny comeback or a good comeback and a couple of scenes she, later. she wouldn't actually be able to use it and then she bumps into Evelyn again and she's like yes I can tell you I did rescue this dog actually, actually. and Why she didn't I was to say that in a bag yeah oh that was so sad to hear about Tinkerbell's to past owner fu- it, it was really funny it to me, me a bit though. of Abby not, not the character Abby cat Abby and oh her, cat Abby she was abused she, oh yeah we, she didn't have a very nice life before she came to live with us that's why she's um, got Stockholm syndrome she thinks we're great but she's got no idea mm-hmm. um the thing that I liked the most about this was um, Elaine sort of telling this really poignant tale of, of dog abuse, of how this dog was treated j- just the way that Evelyn accused her of treating treating her, like being kept in a bag and, you know, um, ignored and covered in perfume and stuff. And they had a close-up of Tinkerbell's face and she was just like, oh, but I liked it. Oh, Burberry. <laughs> yeah, the- and that's kind of how it ends, isn't it? It's uh, they, they're basically the women back down, realizing that maybe they have more in common than they first thought. Well, it was basically like don't judge judge someone by the the by dog the that dog, they yeah. own, which is like a, well, only only cretins would do that. Yeah, yeah. I hate people that judge people for small dogs. I, my family used to breed champion chihuahuas. But I've always had small a mixture of small and big dogs, and I love them both. 
But practically speaking, small dogs are easy to look after. They are real dogs. Some of those dogs are bred for like really badass reasons. You know, like cattle herding and stuff. Mm. And um, the other good thing about them is they've got a small carbon footprint. They're better for the environment. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, you can put them in your Burberry bag. Do you think that... Did it? Did this feel like unnecessary filler? Do you, are you I expecting just, this relationship, friendship, frenemyship between those two to, to continue and blossom? Or is it was it just balancing out the, um, the high drama of Ray and Debbie? I just want a spin-off show, which only has to be one episode long, of just Evelyn Cerberus... Um. Yeah. Uh, Tinkerbell and Elaine, and Yasmine and um, Emily. Uh, yeah. The chicken. Oh, not Emily. Emily Bronte. Which um, one's left? not Emily Bishop? <laughs> Which one's left? Which was the chicken that's left? Yeah, I think there's an Emily left. Not Char- Charlotte Bronte's. Uh, Charlotte Bronte's dinner. dead. Yeah. Um, just sort of frolicking and having fun. Mm. And Yasmin just hugging her chicken, going, you can't hug a chicken. Oh, yeah, that was cute, wasn't it? Which well, about... when, when was Elaine also... was saying, oh, you can't hug a chicken, I was like, I've seen a boy on the internet hug a chicken. I know you can hug chickens. I've never seen Yasmin hug a chicken. But what I have seen, which I think they'd forgotten about, is that a couple of years ago, Yasmin wanted David the dog off of David, David Platt. And didn't, yeah, David the man. And um... Yeah, she's like, I don't like dogs. It's like, yes, you do. Yeah, you're desperate for that dog. Um, okay, this this is all fun stuff. I, I just I like seeing dogs. I loved dogs. those three characters. <laughs> the dogs were cute. I want um, a Pomeranian. Yeah, Yasmin getting her mojo back was brilliant, both telling um, Ray to jog on and the the idea of the possibility of daily acts of defiance. I think it was really positive. I, I, I like the way it's I, sort of baby steps, though. I think that's important. Yeah, yeah, you're right. But I, to I, me, I, I, I have to say, Yasmin's like, yeah, baby steps, baby steps. Oh, one step forward, you know, to... What half a step back, you know, slow, slow, slow. Whereas Elaine's like instantly, I'm cured. <laughs> you know well, what I mean? Elaine's had a bit more time to get over. Elaine, it. Elaine, like had a breakdown in the, um, in in the, in the court. Oh yeah. Case and she kind of looked blip. like she had not recovered at all. But then as soon as she found out Jeff's dead, she was like, hooray. Yeah, no, I can you're be right. the woman I've always wanted to be, and I can get a dog. <laughs> um, just before we move on, then, because the the plats were part of this story. Any any final thoughts about that? I mean, I suppose it's just Gail the doormat, isn't it? We've, which we've already covered. I mean, she but, she. I, I I kind of like the bit where she was talking to Nick about him and his dippy egg. <laughs> <laughs> they they really take advantage of this woman. She's a dippy egg. Gail, she is a she? dippy egg. <laughs> There should be. We should have added that to the um, the Bobbins Awards, the Dippy Egg Award for being a doormat. Mm. Um, I think it's kind of funny that she's going back and forth between where do I live, which are these two houses that neither of which have sets. So wherever I choose to live, whether it's Natasha's flat or David's new house at the Dog and Gun Estate, I'm never actually going to film a scene in there. So when, it's by the by, really. When is Audrey going to die so I can buy a house? Mm. Um, I wonder. I mean, do you, what? Do you, are we assuming that David, you know, 
by the end of the month is going to be back on Coronation Street again because there is a potential of some kind of story going on at the Dog and Gun Estate. For example... They're not doing location shoots. Uh, yeah, exactly. They're not doing location shoots. But in my mind, I'm thinking, oh, maybe if he's living there, he's going to come up against the people who he was goading last year when he went through yeah. the, um, the, the that stage, the wind-up stage. Almost certainly there will there would have been some kind of location... It would have felt weird if there wasn't, like some kind of conflict. Mm. And this is where it makes me laugh when people talk about how how much of a champion Coronation Street is for the working classes. Because everyone who lives on Coronation Street is like, estates, chavs. (laughs) (laughs) I know, I know. Um, Yeah, anyway, let's move on, let's move on. I'll let you take the lead on the Tully sales and marketing Is this the final story? story? Oh no, we've got a little bit of Michael and Grace, haven't we? Oh yes, of course. Right, so, um, the... MLMs are bad, in case you didn't know. Yeah, did it, it, it was this was this an issue story? Are we this being feels lectured? like an issue story that I was excited. I was kind of excited. I was like, yeah, actually, um, multi-level marketing companies are very predatory. They do, um, so so basically, any any kind of thing that you get involved in, whereby you sell stuff and you're encouraged to recruit people to sell things as well, and you get a percentage of their sales, but you have to buy the products that you're selling. Anytime any any of that goes on, just run away <laughs> because you you re- it's very difficult to make money out of it. Very few of them sort of succeed, and you can tell by by watching the show that it's all a facade of like fake positivity it's like toxic positivity like i loved ridian today i yeah. thought that sean's boss was amazing and it was it was a shame he was only there by video link i, I found it back. i wouldn't i love that scene. i did find it quite interesting that they had sean and and ridian because i think this is quite a, a sort of female dominated thing where they recruit lots of mums and they sort of you know hashtag boss babe and all this kind of nonsense mm. and empower yourself by selling well, Gemma fits into the story then, doesn't Gemma she? Gemma and um, the the evil mum, who's good mm, now. Vanessa slash Imogen. <laughs> yeah. I mean, th- that fits into the whole thing. But I'll talk about it. Let's talk about it. So, um, Sean tells Nick that Violet's on her way up for... No. Yeah. Dylan. Yeah, Violet is bringing Dylan. Oh, up, from Man- uh, up north to Manchester because he's been suspended from school. Oh. You can probably guess why... Um, it seemed obvious to me immediately when Dylan refused to tell him why, because he's got Billy, because he's got a gay dad. Yes. When was, when was Sean at Dylan's school? Never. So what did Dylan do? Go around going, my dad's gay, and then and then wonder why he got bullied. <laughs> I don't know. I can't Secret's understand. <laughs> I mean, it shouldn't be a secret, but anyway, anyway. It just seems weird that Sean's nowhere near him at all or his school and somehow everybody knows this. I guess that maybe there's a photo of Dylan and Sean with okay. Dylan, no, with Sean wearing his peacock top <laughs> on Facebook or something. Anyway, Were Paul... Were you happy to see the peacock top again this week? I was like... It got a couple of outings this week. Yes, I loved it. So, poor Dylan, I oh, can't imagine what it must be like to be bullied because your dad's gay. This is stupid. For people to still be bullying people about this. But kids are mean. What can you say? He says, oh, I'm going to go down to school. I'm going to blah, blah, blah. Dylan's like, that's not going to help. I'm going to mince down that school. No, and I'm you tell can't them. say that. So, on Wednesday, 
Sean's like, why don't you live with me? I'm going to tell everybody. I don't know. He's like, why don't you tell the school that they're bullying you because your dad's gay? And he's like, oh, I'm not a grass. And then, why don't you come and live with me? You can get, We can get our own place. I just need to ask Violet. And Dylan's like, oh, okay, that sounds good. I would run a mile if I was Dylan. I'd rather be bullied at school than live with Sean. Like, <laughs> what? I mean, what are you going to do? Like, live in his wardrobe? Where is he going to put you? I don't think there's any room in Sean's there's wardrobe. I imagine it's just packed with fluffy, <laughs> Stop pink, it. frilly... There's literally no room anywhere on the street. The street is like Bethlehem during the census. There is no room. But people still keep trying to cram in there. And Grace doing a little <laughs> bit of room for you in here at number three this week. I think that kids are really materialistic. At least I know I was and so were mostly everybody else. And I think that if he's used to a certain level of lifestyle, he's not going to want to live with his dad in a crummy flat. No, I don't think so as well. It is a real downgrade from his you know fairly you know affluent. well off affluent lifestyle in london and also just the, it's a big move yeah. As, i suppose if you're being bullied like i remember being bullied at school and it was would you have if miserable. you had the opportunity to get away and move and, and you know, up sticks and move somewhere else in the country away from your family that i you'd wouldn't want to move loved, from my family do that? no not from my f- but it would be it's different because his fa- half of his family's there and half isn't but if, it does feel like Sean has been a fairly absent father for a lot it of Dylan's It does feel a bit life, like... But maybe they just haven't shown it on... T- this is why Sean has no, doesn't have any stories. All of his actual stories, oh, all of his drama has taken me. place in London this We uh, got reminded several times this week of how hard Sean has had it when he had his homeless storyline. <laughs> oh, yeah. He, he literally mentioned it like t- two or three times. Like, you don't know how hard... I've had it, babes. I had to struggle. Do you know how hard I had it? Until I told everyone I was homeless and then it just magically went away like that. It was actually actually quite convenient. Anyway... It's like he was trying to impress his son. I've I had was a sto- homeless. You want to come and live with me? I've had a storyline. <laughs> I've had one storyline in the last five years. Tell you what, years. kid, oh, yeah. you play your cards right, you could be in my story with me. I'm having an LMN one right now. Yeah. Do you even know what that is? Because I didn't. <laughs> so, now, now we start with the the recruitment uh multi-level marketing stuff because and this was really kind of a bit confusing because it was a chain of people that owed each other money which is not thrilling to be fair sean says to chesney you owe me money from the time you sold that stuff at the market and he didn't really realize that there was any more money involved in this for some reason he thought when you sell it you get to keep all the money so kirk talks to chesney about the money at Christmas, and we realised that all the stuff that he said he sold mm. was actually... We wondered where the money came from. It Kirk, Just Kurt lent it to him, and that's it. Yeah, that was a bit of a... <clears throat> anticlimactic. They didn't build it up to be a mystery. No, they just but didn't. But you, to find out, oh, it was just Kurt that gave it to yeah. him. Like, oh, okay, they could have said that. Maybe like, hey, they did say at the time, Don't we know. just missed it. Beth's wondering where his money's gone. Can I can I have it back, please? Because Need to pay the lucky bill. Yeah, and Chessie's like, sorry, I don't really have it. And then Beth starts to ask Gemma for the money and she didn't realise that Chesney hadn't paid this off. <laughs> okay. And then Sean tells Dylan about that time he had a story and he's like, are you sure that you can afford us to get a house together, Dad, seeing as what, like you living in a tent two years ago? Um, and Sean kind of turns into hashtag boss babe because he decides that by doing this, working really hard, selling mascara to... to to people he can work his way up to owning a property somehow mm. 
Eight months is all it takes. He says apparently. he spoke to a mortgage broker and they reckon that he could scrape together a deposit in eight months. So, oh dear. Um, Chesney says to Gemma, "This is what actually happened at Christmas. We didn't really sell it. Um, we need. To, we owe Sean commission money. Oh, what are we going to do?" So Gemma goes to Sean and says, "Please, can you give me another six weeks to pay you the money for this commission?" He says, "No, because I've got to give Rylan." Uh, Ridian. Ridian, the money, because that's how it works. You pay money up. And also, I've got to find somewhere for me and Dylan to live. Michael's listening. He's like, oh, glad we'd go out of that. <laughs> um, and says, you need to recruit more people if you want to make more money. And he, and he also, Michael tries to say to Sean, I think that, you know, you're pushing her a bit hard here. I don't think she's got any, any cash. And Gemma and Chesney, just the theme of their lives is being sad about bad choices that they've made. Um, neither of them want to recruit other people because everybody, because the one thing about them is that their morals are far more important to them than anything else. But it's only very specific things that they feel morally object to, all of which involve them getting money for something. (laughs) So they don't want to recruit other people because they don't want them to be in the same situation. But then Vanessa comes along, doesn't she? Well, a blast um, from the past. Yes. Who, who very handily like, oh, has got um, oodles of cash to spend because she she's just had the settlement from a divorce through and like, oh, what, she just spend it on? No, she doesn't. She says she's got her child maintenance. Oh, yeah, there's that as well. Yeah, so, um, yeah, Vanessa's like, oh, I want to make a bit of cash in my spare time. I'm a mum. I'm hashtag boss babe. I, I heard that um, through the power of sheer will and positivity and posting on Facebook 20 times a day, I too could soon become a millionaire. And Sean and Gemma are like, that's right. Well, it's mostly Sean. Gemma's well, kind of ends the episode Sean's looking a bit guilty, saying, but thinking, yeah, well, maybe I've I should. I ha- kind because, of have to. Sean's yeah. saying, you have to do this because you owe me money. Mm. And Yeah, Sean's a bit more aggressive in recruiting works. Vanessa. But this is how the scheme works, because Vanessa pays Gemma, and then Gemma pays Sean, and then Sean pays... Ridian. Ridian. But each time, you get a bit more money. Yeah. So... So he says to Gemma on Friday, you better get, you better recruit Gemma. And then Kirk says, Chesney can have that money. And then Chesney says, Gemma, we owe Kirk money. And then... You're right, this story was just people asking each other for money, wasn't it? This is like, this is, this kind of reminds me like when you go out with your friends for a meal at Christmas or something and somebody pays for everyone. And then for the rest of the time, it's like, can you PayPal me that money, please? How much was it? I don't remember. You had three margaritas and I only had one. So anyway, um... Gemma's uh Vanessa's like, Yeah, yeah, I wanna I wanna join the scheme. They go they go to the um speed, speed dial together and Gemma's like, I'll have a water please and and Vanessa's like, But you are loaded with this scheme that you have Um and Gemma's like, I'm just trying to be healthy and and Vanessa's saying, I can't wait to join this money making scheme. Honestly, it's too good to be true. You I can't believe that you double your money in just a month. I'm going to use all of my child maintenance money that I should be spending on my child uh, to invest so that I can decorate the nursery. And Gemma says, can you shut up for a minute? This is a bad idea. Have you not Googled this for yourself? I feel bad for how stupid you are. And and don't, 
don't fall for this. This is all a trick. And and Vanessa gets kind of shirty with her. And she's like, well, fine. <laughs> and she leaves her with this coffee that, that Gemma didn't want. And Elaine makes her pay for. That was the most emptiest cup I've seen on Coronation Street for a long time. I know it was Elaine serving it and she's new and everything. But that we, we saw really at least halfway be... <laughs> into that mug. And there, we didn't see anything uh, sloshing about. There needs to be a fill line on there, doesn't there, yeah. for Elaine? So... Gemma goes back to Sean and says, Sean, I quit. Sean says, no, I need the money. I'm skint. I need to give it to Ridian. Then Sean gets on the, this like voice chat with Ridian. Who's yeah, video chat. Video chat with this guy. He's Welsh, isn't he? He was Welsh, yes. Loved his accent. And he's like, listen. And he's like, sorry, sorry, Ridian, I don't have any money. And he's like, listen, I don't want to hear negativity from you. I want to hear positivity. I want you to go out there, get the money, recruit people, sell, sell, sell. You never, you're never going to get anywhere with that attitude. You just need the right mindset, Sean. And you tell yeah. your, your Gemma like, to get up there and yeah. sell more of those things. And tell her if she doesn't, we'll sue her. Okay. <laughs> And if you don't give me your money by the end of the week, then we'll just sue you, Sean. We'll sue you, sue you too. I don't think that's how it works. I don't think that any business, this crackpotter... I just love how cheerily he told yeah, him that, like, that this threat you know, of suing says, him. We'll sue you, but don't worry, because that's not going to happen, is it, Sean? Because you're going to give me the money, aren't you? So yeah. don't worry. Because if you don't, then I won't be able to pay my boss. <laughs> yeah, whatever. So um, Sean's like, oh dear. Um, he goes back to Gemma and says... Well, I need the money. <laughs> Packs a square one. Yeah, this is just so many things with Gemma and Chesney are just the whole week is just going around in a circle of stupidity. There was even a bit I can't remember who was it. Was it Sean or, or Ridian who did the literally making was, a triangle with their hands? It's when he was pointing like up to his boss. It's like, I'm I'm the thumb. You're the finger. We all join together and make a triangle, but it's not a pyramid scheme because <laughs> it's it's a two it's a two D polygon. Yeah. <laughs> so um, yeah. So she says, I I I don't want to give you any money, and he says, Well, I'll sue you. And so she goes and tells Chesney, and they're like, Oh no! And Chesney Chesney's like the captain of pointing out the obvious and saying, Why didn't you do this and the other thing? I don't know, Chesney. Why didn't you wear a condom? <laughs> All of these problems would have been solved. So Chesney brings Kirk and Sean the money, but then tells Sean that he's a horrible man and it's all his fault and he has to give Sean his rent money and he's making all these children homeless, just like he was homeless, remember? Yes, I do remember that. And if I was Sean, I would... I would how aggressive um, Chesney was and how, like... Uh, how much Chesney thought he was morally correct in blaming Sean for these problems. I think it would just um, flip me the other way. I'd be like, I don't feel sorry for you. Gemma said she didn't even read the contract. None of this should be surprising. Yeah, I mean... Because this is the thing that's annoying me about the storyline. I, I was more... excited about this because I, I hate these schemes. I think they're horrible. They prey on people. They lie. They 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 kind of recruit you into this weird, fake world where... Um, you become a victim and they do, they do select people who are going to be more vulnerable to this. They, they pick on women who um, have limited means, who have to work around childcare. I mean, Vanessa says something to her, Gemma, like, I have to go back. I'm not paying for childcare for, for this because I'm not getting anything out of it. They, they prey on people that 
are already vulnerable. But the group of characters they selected to tell this story, I just hope the lot of them get bankrupt and end up living in Sean's tent. They all are stupid and dumb. They deserve everything that's happening to them. They're not, not enjoying this story? Not really, no. I may shock you, but I've actually not minded this story in the slightest get this out. week. And I've seen lots of criticism for this story, and I've been... Very happy with it. And yes, there's been lots of going around in circles, owing money and everything. But I honestly have felt kind of sorry for the, the people that are involved in it. And they're stupid. Gemma's stupid for not reading the contract and everything. But I think it's kind of in her in her character. She's just a bit dense. If it was somebody like, you know, Daniel, who'd got himself into a pyramid scheme, and you think, oh, yeah, why didn't you read this? But I can I can imagine her being I know. roped it's into really it. It's really mean and allegiance of um, and to um not to expect Gemma to, and and Gemma hasn't <clears throat> been you know being gobby or or gross or you know or all, all those qualities that she they were pushing you know shoving down our throats yeah. just a couple of years ago. I just I felt kind of bad for her. I'm just stuck on this thing of really really disliking Gemma and Chesney's continued inability to <clears throat> ever give them you know. Take take a break from blaming everybody else for their problems when they get offered all these solutions all the time and they, they never use any of them. And I also can't believe, honestly, that Gemma has spent any time on the internet, especially doing what she's doing like with video blogging and talking about being a mum and sharing tips and tricks with other mums. I can't believe that she never came across stories about multi-level marketing before. But, yeah. you know, obviously, the thing is, you know, people get caught up into it. And the other thing about this... If it was that obvious, that, then people wouldn't get yeah. roped And if anyone's going to get roped in, it's going to be someone like Gemma. And also, this is a time in the world where people are desperate and they're losing their jobs. Yeah. But the, something to bear in mind is selling luxury, pointless goods like makeup and jewellery yeah, during a pandemic can... is a kind of a harebrained idea. Yeah. You should be trying to sell mm-hmm. things that people need. Mm-hmm. See, I also... Um, Mind yeah. you, actually, going back on that, when the economy does badly, apparently sales of lipstick go up because and nail varnish because women can't afford to buy a new outfit, but they can afford to buy Tell a little... What? Oh, wasn't Sarah Louise's lipstick nice this week? We both noticed yeah. that, didn't we? She, when she was in that scene Very with Adam, we were like, does Sarah Louise oh, wear that, lipstick like Is that, that double glammy? Yeah. Look, you look fabulous. Um, yeah, the, the other thing about this story was I, I enjoyed it. It was a Sean story. I like Sean. He's not my <laughs> character of the week this week, but I'm sure that on Charlie Condu's Coronation Street podcast, he's number one every single week. Every so I feel week. I don't feel guilty for not picking him There's this week. But I do like Sean, and I, I and I he he doesn't have stories very much, and and it almost hmm. was the fact that um, that that this character has been given a story. It's like, oh, okay, it's short. We haven't seen Sean for a while. Let's see what happened. To be honest, I think if they came around and were going to give Izzy a little story for now, I'd be like, okay. We, we only saw her for six episodes last year. I'll watch an Izzy story. And, and she's a character that I don't really like. But I've always, I've never made a secret of the fact that I, I kind of like Sean. I did feel sorry for him. I'm actually quite fascinated by the dynamic between Sean and Dylan. Um, and, and I think that could boost his character. I'm not expecting him to, you know, come to the fore and be one of the one of the A-listers. He's always just there in the background. But 
Um, no, I, I, I enjoyed Sean this week. Um, I, I okay. didn't think this story was that bad. And also okay. the fact that the, the Ray story was so intense. It was about rape. It was about people losing their houses. It was about somebody getting drugged. It was about somebody possibly getting murdered. To have a kind of everyday, normal story, it was like fine to me. Yep. I guess I guess my ire is misplaced somewhat because I should be mad at the people that make these schemes up, not the people that fall victim to them. And also, of everybody, Gemma and Chesney were the only ones who had any kind of moral backbone to stand up and say, actually, this is wrong, we shouldn't be doing this. Well, yeah, I, I felt bad for Sean that he had to be... And at least they're consistent, honestly. At least Gemma and Chesney are consistent with their self-defeating moral superiority that they seem but, to indulge in. And it literally is an indulgence because they can't afford <laughs> to keep doing this. I wondered whether it was going to kind of end with Gemma passing it on to Vanessa, a bit like, you know, the ring video. Because, and, and I thought it was like, oh, does Vanessa deserve to be treated this way? Because she was Vanessa seems mostly... to be smart enough to have worked this out for herself. Vanessa was, was a cow to Gemma last year, mostly egged on by Imogen. So I thought this was just going to be a... Finally, this person gets her just, just desserts. But I think we're supposed to feel bad for, for Vanessa now that she's been, you know, dumped, dumped, dumped by her best mate, Imogen. And well, but to I, me, I Vanessa seems to be the sort of woman who, who goes, oh yeah, well, since my husband left me, I just started a consulting firm for like PR, and I just do it for my friends and stuff. So it's only you only earn a bit of money, but it's enough to pay my mortgage. You know four or five grand a month it's not loads <laughs> you know what i mean she's the sort of person who just falls on her feet i'm surprised yeah. that she lowered herself to being a subordinate to to Gemma. i'm not expecting to see her back again no it felt like an was, odd it was cameo weird it was weird she, yeah what was a nice cameo there was eileen it was nice to see a little scene with her <laughs> a and cameo Sean of eileen. in the rovers when let's have the more eileen character. in 2021 please um and and dylan obviously back again i was surprised when he went already on wednesday for some reason, I got it into my head that when Sean said, oh, let's get somewhere for us to live, I thought that, you know, by the end of the week, he'd have found somewhere to rent and him and Dylan would have I moved into it. I but... think what gave you that impression. <laughs> Could it be that Coronation Street does that all the time? Yeah, exactly. But, um, yeah, Dylan has gone back again. Maybe we won't see... Him. Well, I mean, half term's only a couple of weeks away, so maybe we'll see him then, or, or Easter or something. But it feels like... That now, now that he's been in the show twice, it feels like they're just gently easing him in to become a, a regular character. And again, that's good for 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 Sean to give him give him a son. Will he get somewhere to live? Because I can't imagine that if Dylan's going to come back, that they're going to live at Eileen's place. So maybe Sean getting his own flat could be quite cool. Not that they always show where a character lives, because Brian and Kathy, we've never seen inside their flat since they've been living there. Um, well, they need it... the thing is they need a set to continuously hang out in. Brian and Kathy always can hang out in the cabin. Yeah. So, sh- so Dylan would have to like get a, a job working part time at the factory for them to have scenes together if they didn't have a house. Yeah, yeah, and he's young there, isn't he? Um, so, but I, I don't know what other properties are available. I mean, it's all a bit up in the air at the moment, isn't it? Because we've got Alina living at number thirteen, Emma's at the Rovers, so potentially that flat's open, but. Don't uh, who, even try to make who sense knows? of who knows the 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 biggest population density in the entire <laughs> continent of Europe. Yeah, that um, that storyline really, really did not bug me in the slightest this week. I actually quite enjoyed it. Um, and take then, that, Gemma. 
And then finally, and we also we like also that. had the, uh, the 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 babes and Grace story, which was basically um, Grace saying, "I'm going to go to Hull to live with my aunt." And Michael just going, "Uh, <laughs> not your aunt, Hull." Uh. Um, and, and Michael saying, "How rude!" No, come back to come back and live with me at number three. I mean, the, the, and also, fair, can the I last... have a scene with my brother James? Do you remember him? Oh yeah, the, the James was in it today, wasn't he? Yeah. The last time they had Hull in Coronation Street, um, Jenny was dangling a baby off the balcony, so no wonder Michael Don't doesn't want the, Grace yeah. to, to oh, give birth no, up no. there. <laughs> um, so uh, anyway, he says, come and live with me at number three. Michael says to James, I've got an idea, and James goes, Great, they go back to number three. Aggie, unsurprisingly, is not best pleased to find uh, Grace Aggie there. had no time for Grace at all. She comes like, in. Just been back on a 12-hour shift. She didn't even give her a chance. She's like, oh, Michael. She comes in. What's the slow goes, clap? What the hell are you doing here? Get out. Yeah, doesn't even wash her hands. She doesn't wash her hands at all. Absolutely <laughs> disgraceful. No wonder it's spreading like the plague. Um, I will say one thing about this. I was surprised to hear Michael tell Aggie off but, and use the word aggressive. He said, why, why do you have to be so aggressive? I don't think they should have used that word because that's a word that's historically used to um, humiliate and diminish black women's feelings and to tell them that they're sort of displaying emotions inappropriate. This is something that I didn't realise until a few years ago when I heard people talking about it. But it's used very often against black women. And you you don't very often hear a white woman being accused of being aggressive. But it's something that people throw at black women. I don't know. I've not, I, I've not heard this. No, I mean... I believe you. There's not necessarily a reason that you sh- would have heard of it. Um, I, I think it might be something that happens more in America than it does here. Mm-hmm. There are certain trigger words that you probably wouldn't realize because you're a white guy and you 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 haven't sort of engaged and kind of but i just thought that was a bit of a a a weird word to have in the script and i think it was a bit um i think it was an inappropriate word to use Mm, okay but it was something that it was something that dinged a bell in my head yeah yeah and i think if i think also i think if you're if you're a black woman, especially if you have spent any time on social media, you will have heard these words used against you, and it would have also probably, I don't want to speak to speak for people, but I can imagine mm. that it probably would be a trigger word trigger, that they wouldn't mm. really want to hear on Coronation Street being mm. used so casually against a black woman yeah. for expressing her feelings about somebody being in a house <laughs> who literally spent a whole year lying to her she's got every right she she does she does i feel i think we're supposed to feel sorry for grace Michael is so naive situation. she's like hi aggie we've got a takeaway but also michael's so dumb he's like oh yeah i didn't tell her that you were gonna be here i thought the takeaway would distract her <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i i that, that grace ends up leaving doesn't she because she senses, well, she just goes. senses the vibes and, um, and then we're left with this argument between Aggie and uh, James, where uh, Michael, sorry, James, imagine James him in an has gone upstairs to play football. Um, he, yeah, <laughs> she, she she accuses him of being so ruddy selfish. Um, Michael should just move out. He's a grown man. He's, he's what, got a 28, job. 29? Yeah, he's got a job. Um, he doesn't, uh, I think he should just say, sorry, mum, I'm 
um, I don't think cutting he needs... the apron strings and flying the nest at last. I know that they they had money problems, but I I think that it's safe to say that with a professional footballer in the house, a nurse who really is in no danger of being laid off anytime soon. They've got to at least two incomes coming in, and we know how much they charge for tickets down at uh, Weathy. What's it called? Yeah, Weathy County. Yeah, he must be raking it. In. <laughs> I don't know how much work. I think you can still do construction. Yeah, yeah so they're yeah, all in can. work. Yeah, I mean, yeah Michael my... should be like, get your cap out and start collecting a bit of funds from the from the fam, saying, "Do you want me to move out or not?" <laughs> all donations gratefully received. The more yeah. zeros, the better. On the end. Yeah, I still, I, I um. I think we're supposed to trust Grace now. I don't think there's I don't any. Know. She... I don't think that she's. I know she was dressed up as Minnie the Minx tonight with her, <laughs> in her black and red striped top, but I don't think that she's got. It wasn't any... symbolic of any kind no, of. No, it bad didn't behavior. feel like she's got any um, ulterior motive here. Hmm. So, yeah, I thought that I liked was fine. that. I, I I just really liked. I liked. I said. I I said. I I will say. I have said in our bonus podcast this this um week about Mardi Mares and you know Leanne I'm really kind of I'm proud of her for speaking her mind and not sort of being a a nice quiet woman and I like Aggie for that as well she's like nope (laughs) I'm not even gonna be nice about it get out of my house you duplicitous cow Uh, right so I mean there's nothing more thrilling than being morally outraged and knowing that you're completely in the right and having a go at somebody who's wronged you, and you must feel great. <laughs> Imagine how great you'd feel if you did a 12-hour shift, come home, lovely takeaway on the table, and your worst enemy, and you go, get out of my house, and they just go, and you're like, yes, this is the best day ever. I've got myself a plate. <laughs> um, so uh, I think we're, are we both, uh, we don't need to discuss character of the week. I was going to say this earlier, really, it's obviously we? Clearly Abby, Abby, so let's move on. Um, what are we scoring it this week? And it, it was a great week. Like I said at the beginning, the fact that all of these stories kind of intermingled with each other. It played havoc with my notes, but it it made it feel so delightfully interconnected. In in some ways, Coronation Street can just be like little separate stories going on independently of each other, and it all felt it linked up nicely this week. I wasn't as excited by the Faye side of things, but literally the, the moment that Abby stepped up to the plate and was like, this story's about me now. I'm the main character in this story for the next uh, three episodes or so. Loved it. Um, I didn't mind the telemarketing stuff. I wasn't excited by it, but I wasn't also, I also wasn't bored by it. Um, so yeah, I thought, I thought it was a, a decent week. It really was. Um, I am going to give it... <sighs> it's I'm a shame it. because the, the excitement of Debbie and Ray felt like it was just not quite ramped up as much as it should be. I mean... I can't remember what I gave it last week. You gave it a four last week, and oh. I gave it a three. And and then that was yeah certainly on the low side compared to everyone else in the Facebook group. Um, I'm going to say this is a four. I'm going to say this is a four. It wasn't quite four and a half material, I don't think... Um, well, if I gave it a four last week, I have to give it a four and a half this week because it was it more exciting. Um, I'll give it four cream horn research papers because we've got to find out what's making all the mess. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. I, oh, I'm going to give it... No, you know what? Stuff it. I'm going to give it a four and a half as well. <gasps> I'm going to give it... You only live once. Um, four and a half pink faux fur cardies with a single lining. 
silk lining. lining <laughs> not the sink lining, the silk lining. Everything but the kitchen sink. Out of five. Good oh, week, Coronation Street. Do you think Emma's ever going to get that back off, Dave? <laughs> I don't, I don't know. <laughs> um, I'm I, I, uh, quite excited about next week, but sometimes when I get excited about an upcoming week, I just get disappointed by it, so I won't let myself get too thrilled by it, because it does feel like it, it's almost slightly obvious what's going to happen, with with Ray, with Debbie getting accused of doing Ray in and the evidence being found, but actually not. And uh, and but if next week is Ray's comeuppance, and I honestly don't know whether it is or whether that's you know down the line three or four weeks time, oh, that could be cool. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm leaving this week satisfied and thirsty for more. I'm gonna float a theory here that I've just thought of with Emma. Go on then. And learning Spanish oh, and uh, the mention of um. Oh, what's Steve's brother called? Andy. Andy. I predict that Andy is going to come back in the show. Mm. Emma will be fluent in Spanish by this point. And Andy and Emma spend many scenes insulting Daisy in Spanish and she doesn't realise they're talking about her. And that's the only reason I can think of why they made Emma learn Spanish. Okay, well, let's find out. We'll find out in yeah. a year's time. Exactly. Get Nick Cochran on the blower. Get him back in. Get him learning. Get him downloading Duolingo. Let's get this going. Yeah, right. Um, we are going to move on to the cabin now. And we, I, I have to admit here that we did record the cabin earlier, it's which not is live why. The news, this no. is not live news, which is why the big bit of news that Coronation Street broke at 8 It o- wasn't Coronation uh, Street. Uh, no, it was the sun that broke it at half past eight this evening about um, Malcolm Hebden. Sadly, um, well, retiring, retiring just good quickly for him. before you, you say sadly and then leave it hanging. No chance of any more Norris on the street. That doesn't, that's not featured in our cabin section. So what's to say for now we're sad and maybe talk a bit more about it next week. We definitely need to pay a proper tribute to his career on Coronation Street. I think we definitely And do. wish him all the best in his retirement um, because he definitely does earned it. Yes, yes, yes. But yes, not mentioned in the cabin. But there is some other big There's juicy Corrie really news that, that broke. But anyway, um, I'll, I'll leave you to listen to that now. We'll go back in time to earlier this evening when we, we talked all about the news as it was at, to that point. So uh, <laughs> time for the cabin. Welcome to the cabin. This is the news section of the podcast, everybody. And we actually have got some news this week. After not having a cabin last week, we have um, just got some breaking news today, actually, which has made its way right up to the top story today, and that is that Coronation Street is having a bit of a filming break. Um, This was announced um, earlier this afternoon, wasn't it, that they're going to be, as of Monday, stopping filming um, uh, in in ITV Media City Place um, for two weeks in order to um, rejiggle things and rethink because of the pandemic. Gemma, would you like to read out the exact wording of their press release? Says Coronation Street will pause filming from next Monday, 25th of January, for two weeks to undertake some rewriting of stories and scripts as a consequence of the coronavirus pandemic. We will also be taking the opportunity to review all health and safety requirements to ensure we continue to provide a safe working environment for the cast, crew, and production team. This pause in filming won't affect our ability to deliver six episodes of Coronation Street each week. Well, that is very good news. I mean, when um, this lockdown was announced, what is it, three weeks ago or so now, a lot of people were saying, what's going to happen with TV production? Is Coronation Street going to be able to carry on and stuff? Because we've all been told to stay home at the moment. And um, they were quick to say, no, it's fine. We're carrying on as normal. Um, TV production is allowed to continue as long as it follows, you know, safe coronavirus um, 
safety regulations and guidelines and everything, which Coronation Street had already been doing since they went back and resumed filming back in June last year. Um, but so, but it's still not a complete surprise that this has had to happen. Um, I mean, it's, we can only speculate as to why they've chosen now to do it. What, one thing they have said is that there's no reports of positive COVID cases on set. Um, so they're not shutting down because they've had to, which is something that Emmerdale has had to do just recently because apparently over over in the Dales there were a couple of positive tests um, on the cast and all crew, I think. So they stopped um, a week ago and they're going to be carrying on next week. But at Coronation Street, it, um, according to the press release, is just to try and you know, have a bit of a have a pause and say, right, how are we going to do this? I'm wondering maybe whether they saw Emmerdale stopping, um, saw, I guess, some benefits that might have come out of it for, from being able to stop and rethink things and go, hang on a How minute. Well, well, oh, I literally just said that. Paused a week ago. Yeah, they paused a week ago and they're back again next week. So maybe Emma... I don't think, no. It's too quick for it to be a reaction to that. That's why I was surprised. That's why I said, what, when, oh, okay. that's what, because I, I thought you were talking about you know, all the way back at the beginning. Mm. There was no way that they, like, a week ago went, oh, that's a good idea, should we do that? Yeah, let's do it. It, it makes you wonder, like, uh, I guess these these decisions aren't ever taken lightly, unless you're in the government and you just announce it and say, well, we're ha- it's, it's happening tomorrow, everybody. It's also not normally taken very quickly. No. Um, unless there's a pandemic involved. <laughs> so, yeah, they're, they're going to be just um, reworking stories and scripts and things, which, to me, kind of means potentially they were going to have more scenes with certain characters in um, and now they can't. Maybe it's they were you know, protecting the older I members of the cast. Or... That they were banking on, like a lot of people were, things being relatively normal by mm. Easter, which is what we were told um, or what people kind of had in their minds would happen. And because of this new strain, that ain't going to happen, is it? No, I mean, also, we know... I mean, partly from talking to Joe last week, that they planned Coronation Street out many, many, many months in advance. So, I mean, what they're currently I filming... I think Tony Warren planned it all out, didn't they, <laughs> in um, what, what that we're seeing at the moment, what they're planning, what they're filming at the moment, what they have been filming, may well have been, you know, storylined out, you know, back last summer during the, or, or during the first lockdown, at which point they might have said, well, it's going to be all over by then, because people would have thought yeah maybe it will be and now obviously with the situation getting worse recently I guess they're thinking no hang on a minute that's not going to work we need to make a few changes here um and and uh, to be honest I don't know whether on screen we'll notice any difference um because it is only for a couple of weeks what what them and it it doesn't I I don't know whether it's making like long-term story changes and, you know, maybe things were building up to something big and they just can't do that now. Or whether it's just, you know, one story in a block, they're going to have to scrap or completely change the characters involved in it. Or, or, or you know, you, you just don't don't know. It might be that, um, I'm get, where are we now, uh, January? They might well be get coming up to filming a big Easter story or something, perhaps. And now they're realising that they can't do that, you know? Yeah, I do know. I just wonder if you uh, any any. I don't have anything to add. Um. So yeah, I mean, watch watch this space, but they're still going to be carrying on with um with six episodes a week. Hopefully, it will only be two weeks that they're off, and um, yeah, it, it should should all be fine, really. That's 
That's, That's all, very really. optimistic of you. Yeah, I, it just it just does kind of suck, I guess, for the for the members of the cast who were expecting to go into work and now they can't, and um, it's all been, you know, more uncertainty, but. I think it sucks for all the people that are like, oh, let's just have a break for a couple of weeks. And then surely some people aren't going to get paid. And some people are like, I'm taking a break by doing more work. Yeah. It's like being a teacher on holiday. (laughs) Yeah. Right, move on. Just don't know, just don't know. But um, good good luck to Coronation Street. I'm glad that they're doing the responsible thing, staying safe, taking all their workforce's health into consideration. No, no, exactly. And the other thing is, just what I wanted to say as well, there have been already, we know, some stories, some scenes and everything that have already aired that were changed to what they were originally going to be. Some of the characters in scenes have been different. There have been some minor stories that were, I think, more quickly put together than others just to, to fill space. We know this. Um, and And so maybe, maybe we will see, you know, come Easter time, something that feels a bit fillerish, and maybe that's going to be a result of this. Who knows? We'll find out in a couple of months. Or maybe not at all. You do the next story. Guess then, what, everybody? Harry... I... What? V- nothing. You told me I say it wrong. Vizinoni. Has found... in his bathroom... a snake. And that's <gasps> a not snake? a euphemism. That is a fact. A toilet snake, can they? He... We teased this last week. I'm sure everybody knows who's listening to this, about Harry Vizinoni's toilet snake. But like I said last week <laughs> on the podcast, I couldn't let that carry the news section uh, on its own today. It was going to be the lead story until Coronation Street broke the news about um, stopping you filming. It would be no good in a newsroom, especially like at, you know Sky News or CNN or something, where you have 24-hour news. You'd be like, there's no news. No, There's nothing to say. Happening. We're not no. going to do the news today. We're just going to do puppets. Well, can you make the Harry Vizinoni toilet snake um, debacle it's kind of big it up what what would you have said if this had been bum, on the bum, 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 news bum, item bum. this week and today we have reports of a exotic animal loose in a soap stars bathroom reports initially let us know that this snake didn't seem to be harmful to dear Harry but it looks as though he had a bit of a wrestle with his snake behind the toilet system luckily nobody was harmed but the snake has been rehomed unfortunately unfortunately well the snake apparently sources tell us enjoyed the tropical steam baths of living in (laughs) harry's bathroom but sadly had to move on to past as new according to eyewitnesses harry visanoni he was like yellow with kind of black almost tiger kind of vibes you know what when i see a snake vibing like a tiger (laughs) i often uh, come go straight to social media to let everybody know. Speaking of social media, this is where this broke. He put it on his Instagram story, and you could you could see the the, the chronicles of the toilet snake as he discovers it. He finds it behind his loo, goes and gets his uh, his girlfriend, comes back, and it's gone. No, I think he could get the RSPCA person comes in, and it's not there anymore. And then they find it behind the radiator, and the reason see, it was cold. Yeah, the reason that this um, reptile was in the toilet was because... It was doing... It was minding its own business. It was... Um, the, the it was past an pet. pet. It was yeah. a pet belonging to the owner who had um, not long ago died and Harry had taken over his flat. And um, the weird he obviously thing didn't about declare it on his housing form. 
No, he didn't fill out the form. And the weird thing about it was there was an obvious man-shaped lump in the snake. (laughs) (laughs) That's why he was stuck there, wasn't it? He's like, oh, God, I think I ate too much. (laughs) Anyway, I thought that was kind of a good story, really. I thought that was really interesting. I was kind of excited, and then I saw it was a pet snake, and I was like, yeah, okay. Well, it's I just an escape snake. I guess, I know, but you... We do have some wild snakes in this country, don't it definitely we? Wasn't I don't know whether many people have ever seen one. No. <laughs> well, yeah, but the difference between us is that I kind of... I didn't... We didn't have snakes, but we had lizards when I was when I was a kid. So yeah. I wasn't that... It wasn't like, oh my God. I was just thinking, ugh. I think I think my I think my cousins had lots of snakes. Well, when we move house in a few months, if we find the snake in the bathroom, I'll just leave you to deal with it. Then shall I? I want one of those um little, like little prongs that you you put this behind the snake's head. Yeah, pick it, it up with. Yeah. yeah. Right. Next story. Next story. I don't even know whether we've mentioned this. We possibly did, but I've forgotten since. But Faye Brooks is on Dancing on Ice this series. Did we mention this, everybody? I Surely don't know. that's the sort of thing but we would I have mentioned. I don't remember seeing that or hearing about it because when I saw the news story written down, I would have read it out as you wrote it, which is Have we mentioned Faye Brooks is on Doi? Doi, yeah, she is on Doi, and she's on Doi. I think this Sunday. I, I, I'm not feeling. I mean, we we've watched Doi for the past what three years, haven't we? No, on we and off, well, we've seen bits of it. We we saw like we saw um, Lisa George. We we all we wouldn't miss Jane Danson, Brooke Vincent's appearances, and I think the first year we saw it, which I was going to say was Brooke's year, we we kind of enjoyed watching it, but after that, it became more for the curry it's people and I don't know whether I'm that invested in it else's, that I would want to watch Faye Brooks on every it. year with different faces on the same bodies and I wouldn't know the difference but if it's it, not for me it's for if you enjoy it fine I mean, Faye lots Brooks of people is on do. it watch um, it Sunday 6 Doi Faye Brooks we obviously wish her the very best of luck Next. I can't promise that we're going to be watching or live tweeting like maybe we have the last Next. few years Lucy Fallon. Oh, yeah. Speaking Pearl of, Mackie, speaking of what um, ex Cory stars are doing now, Pearl Mackie. Pearl Mackie. Who's that? She was the Doctor Who companion in the last series of Peter she Capaldi. Was. She played. Um, Bob. Tom. Yeah, she did have a boy's Dick, name, didn't she? Harry. What was she George, called? Frank. Bill. Bill. Yes, Bill. <laughs> Bill. She played Bill on Doctor Who. She was a one serious companion with Peter Capaldi. She was, Capaldi. tell you what, she's better than the... <laughs> she's better than who's there at the moment. And I Although, thought she was bad. No, Bradley Walsh is all right, but you know. He's gone. I, I didn't I didn't really like Pearl Mackie Let's Doctor shut Who. up Slayton Pearl Mackie's turning Doctor Who and talk about her new project with Lucy Fallon, which is a six-part audio adaptation of Naomi Booth's short story... Sour Hall. Yeah, this and is going to be, be on Audible. This sounds oh like dear, the sort of I thing can't that you might... believe I just cancelled my audio Audible subscription. The, oh. you, you might like this, Gemma. Listen to this. This is the, this is the uh, description of it. This is the synopsis. In Sour Hall, George, played by Lucy Fallon, is anxious to start a new chapter in her life as she inherits her family's ancestral farm and moves in with her partner, Ash Paul Mackey. Ash, Pearl Mackey. Pearl Mackey, not Paul Mackey. Ash is left... And settled about the community's hostile reaction to the presence of an interracial same-sex couple, especially after she begins hearing a bizarre clanging in the milking shed. Is that a sex thing? <laughs> I think it's a snake. George is... Oh, my screen's just gone off. George is desperate to keep Ash away from the shed, causing even more suspicions to come between the couple as Ash catches her partner whispering to someone, or oh, something. Hmm. 
Sounds great. It's such a spooky, spooky Gemma. You like spooky things. Oh, the beginning sounds like a Hallmark film about somebody going home for Christmas. Oh, she inherits a family's farm. I think you might like this. Anyway, um, if, if, you're, if you're a Lucy Fallon fan or, or Pearl Maku, you just want something to listen to on your Audible. Or, when you've finished listening to all the conversation streets and not before, please. You might be a fan of people inheriting incestual farms. Yes, yes. I, I don't know when this is out. <laughs> you didn't, I didn't listen to what I just said. Down. You did, I did, I did tell I you. said incestual. Incestual farms. <laughs> That's why I think it's clanging in the, in the milk shed. Blimey, I thought it was bad enough that that interracial same-sex couple... I can't couple, believe I can. said they're incestual Oh farms. dear, oh, they're all so brother and <laughs> sister and sister somehow. Sister and sister, Lucy Fowler and Pearl Mackey. Anyway, there we go, that we've managed to fill up a new section quite nicely this week. Corey's stuffing, toilet snake, dancing on... And, and and audible Lucy Fallon dramas. I'm glad to hear that she's managed to get some. It sounds like it's one of these work. podcast things rather than a an actual book thing. Because Audible do all kinds of they do the books and then they also have like podcasts and stuff. Because well, this isn't a book, is it? It's a six part audio adaptation of a short story. I don't know. We'll just have to listen. I know, to but it I'm telling out. you. Listen, on Audible, when you subscribe to it, I do think that you can either buy books. Or you can listen to their stuff for free. Oh, okay. So you might be able to listen to this without Ooh. spending a credit, which would be quite good. Well, watch the space or listen well, to the space. Well, I won't be able to listen to it because I cancelled my Audible. Yeah. And I cancelled my spec savers. That's... Won't be able to see anything <laughs> now. That's it for won't news, Won't be able to listen everybody. to anything, won't be able to hear anything, but I will be able to talk. Thank, Thank goodness God for, that. for that. Next. Time to move on to some feedbacks. <laughs> feedbacks. <laughs> Feedback time. And this is actual late night feedback. We didn't record this earlier, unlike that news that we just talked about. Um, and we are going to read back some lots of lovely comments from our listeners about things that have been going on on Coronation Street this week. But before we do that, um, Facebook poll. So this was last week's controversial... It wasn't really controversial, but it was it. It was just me who gave it a low score and everyone else seemed to love it. It got an average of 409 on the Facebook group last week. I think one person uh, gave it a three alongside me, but everyone else seems to quite enjoy it, really. Especially John, who gave it five Devon Ardy celebratory dances behind Ash's back out of five. And it's kind of things like that that make me think, yeah, what happened to that story this week? That would have, that would have elevated it even higher, wouldn't Different it? Different filming block. It, it was, it certainly was. Didn't get any of that this week. We didn't get any of, um, what else was there last week? Dave, remember. Peter. He knows what's going on oh, with Peter no, at the moment. Oh, no, I can't believe it. Robin gave it three... Oh, it was Robin. Ron Britton gave it three underappreciated shop signs out of five. Um, and Pat was my favourite. And actually, this was a backup for me, I think, last week. I almost was going to say this one. But four and a half sweaty buttocks in the streetcar's chair out of five. Thank you very much to everybody who voted. I always like to see what you're voting it out of. Thank you, everyone, for voting. And also thank you to Chris, who sent a very nice email about... Oh, she did, didn't she? Yes. Some of the things that we mentioned, or I mentioned specifically, non coronation street related yeah. things. Thank you very much <laughs> for that. That was a um, nice email to read. I thought this week I might have a, a trawl of the Facebook group to get some comments for our feedback. Um, just because sometimes I, I feel like there's uh, so much good stuff that gets said on there. Also, this week, um, Michael Adams, thank you very much for posting all your behind the scenes pictures from when uh, from your time working at Corrie. That was fantastic. But um, yeah, I've, I've taken a few comments as well from other people about this week's 
Corries, including Chad, who after Monday's episode had to say, uh, two wonderful episodes tonight, I thought. Sad seeing the Platts leave their home, but hilarious when David mowed Gail's slippers. Oh yeah, that was quite fun. Uh, great to see a spark of the old Yasmin, but I suspect we will have a long road to recovery ahead. Also brilliant to see the smug smile wiped off Ray's face when he was arrested. I think Faye won't be going to prison in the end. Debbie definitely has backed the wrong horse. Sorry, donkey. Ellie Leach did a great job acting tonight. By the way, Sally's reaction to Tim eating Cocoa Pops out of her best dash was brilliant. That was good. Well, that was an early... Yeah, that was an early line on Monday, wasn't it? You've eaten Cocoa Pops out of Clarice Clifton. Not particularly interesting. What was it? Carolyn's? Clarice Cliffy Clough. Not particularly interested in the return of Dylan, but I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. That's what I'm thinking about Dylan as well. It's like, oh, I'll, I'll give him a chance. And uh, and John, I took from uh, what he's had to say about today's episode. He was loving it again this week. He says, so close to yet another perfect week. Just loving the show right now. Tonight, Ellen Taylor. From Kevin to Sally, the report is still strong. Adored that garage scene. Yeah, I forgot to mention that one as well. They had a really nice little two, two-handery scene together at one point tonight. To Abby you can't and... describe every scene with two people in it, two-hander. Yes. Abby and Ray, Al- Elaine, Yasmin and Evelyn, please make Paul the Wilcox permanent. To Roy just being brilliant. To Aggie for speaking for most of us. To Emma lifting a scene that could have been so average. To Tinkerbell's close-up. To Ray and Debbie. To Brett Fallis doing, doing a Matt Hilton. To a What Happened and Who done it cliffhanger just a top ending to a fine week the whole sean chesney's Gemma Gemma kirk plot diluted events i'd go with and invest in a number five property story which i thought this may be but sean's involvement and the hierarchy of evil just negates all interest oh, i liked it they nearly made ches watchable tonight not so much the other three that's really interesting because i felt chesney was the weak link in, in that particular story tonight apart from apart from kirk as well who you mentioned as being part of it what was the silly story that kirk had tonight and he said oh, the he silly said line i was going to a, a oh, fancy dress yeah. party and I spelt bear wrong. They asked so me cool. why, why I was going, what I was going to dress as. And I said, I'm going bear. And I meant that I was going to dress as a bear, but they thought I was going in the nude. It was I just think, so honestly, rubbish. I think they knew that you were going to dress as a bear, but they were just so disgusted by your illiteracy and your inability to insert the letter A in the correct place that they decided to uninvite you. It just felt so, so much like... We need to have Insert Andy Wyman in joke. this scene. What funny thing can Kirk say? Oh, wouldn't it be funny if he thought that bear and bear were, 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 were spelled differently thing. or something? That's my oh, nice homophone joke for for Kirk. Um, it's just... Awful, awful. Um, anyway, uh, sorry, back to John. Uh, he said, um, all in all, an action-packed yet still character-led six episodes. Not as high as last week due to reasons explained, but I will go for Forest Murmur's Sleep Aid apps out of five. And character of the week, who else? Abby. I think there's a market uh, for an app for Corrie residents called Forest Murders. Forest Murders? Yeah. That was what, was Rick Nealon? Yeah. <laughs> um, what does Nancy have to say about last week's Coronation Street, Gemma? <laughs> oh dear, why am I... I'm horrible. Right, Rebecca says, to start off, I think the Peter story... No, I'm not reading Rebecca, I'm reading Rebecca, you're reading Nancy. I want to... <laughs> read, you're right, fine, you read Rebecca, no, I... I will come back and to do Nancy later. Oh, I've ruined it all. You've, you've... It's because you were going on your phone while I was reading out John's comments. 
Don't know what's going um, on. Excuse me. No, I wasn't. Weren't you? No, oh. you believed me there, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> just, just be confident and people will believe you. Rebecca says, to start off, I think the Peter story, especially... I did, I did know what the comments were, though. I know, Make it I sound know. like I don't pay attention to our lovely <laughs> listeners. Um, Rebecca says, To start off, I think the Peter story, especially him pushing everyone away, is realistic. Although, if I was Ken or Daniel, I would keep Peter shut in for as long as I, as I could, not have him wandering the streets, obviously looking for a drink. I'd, I'd get Ken to dress up as Boris Johnson and uh, crawl inside the TV and say, uh, National lockdown, no, no. Uh, mostly heard, in Weatherfield, we Weatherfield in a tier we seven. We found out that uh, alcohol gives you coronavirus. That's why we're all dying in England. And if your name starts with a P, then um, stay here. Don't go, don't go outside and uh, don't speak to anyone on the phone. <laughs> don't do lip delivery. Um... <laughs> I get what you're saying, Rebecca, but I think the point is, though, if the only thing stopping him from drinking is the fact that you're not letting him go outside, he's not making a decision for himself and therefore he's not recovered. True. Hmm. But at the end of the day, that doesn't really matter. The most important thing is he he's doesn't not, get doesn't the drink. He doesn't die before he gets the My next liver. drink could be his last. Rebecca says, I like Daniel offering his liver. Makes it sound like he was like, here you go, I've got it plated up. Um, and Special I... delivery. Oh. Do you think that's what the doctor says? Yeah. <laughs> um, I still think it might be Daniel who donates, as everyone else is either too old, can, or can't for medical reasons, Tracy and Carla, or Peter won't let them, Adam. I also like Gemma's suggestion that Linda, the woman who Peter met, might die, unless Steph, Sinead's cancer friend, or the woman is in the hospice while Hayley was diagnosed. There's a reason why she was brought in. Also, shout out to Ken. Ken's what? And Peter, always good to see Dr. Gaddis. Oh, and Jenny taking the whiskey off Peter was great. Love the Alhan family this week. All three were on top form. Love Dev remain, renaming the shop. Although I can understand, Ardy and Ash's reaction is getting the shop for 16th birthday isn't the coolest. <laughs> I did laugh at Ardy asking for a car for Christmas and if the surprise was if he and Asha were adopted. Hmm. Asha was a bit of a cow in the first Wednesday's episode, but she made up for it in the second. I hate Corey. He's so disrespectful to women, although I love Yasmin's advice to Asha, but I did want Jeff's... I did want a Jeff's vision when Corey was feeding Asha the birthday cake, like when Jeff was calling Yasmin a dog with chips. I'm starting to think... Nina might form a crush on Asha, but Asha might think she's being friendly. Then when Nina admits her feelings, Asha lets her down gently. I also think it would be interesting if Nina didn't have a type, she just goes for the personality. Loved Ardy, especially on Friday's episode when Kathy and Bernie were doing the role play and when he said to Dev if he was high. Really impressed with Anthony saying this week, I knew Faye wouldn't be pregnant as soon as The Simpsons started, although I still want her to tell Adam, as if she tells the police, he will get arrested for sure. She will. She will get He's arrested. not going to get arrested. <laughs> How dare yet. you get in the way of this beautiful girl trying to <laughs> swing a trophy through the air in triumph. She's just, yeah, triumphantly placing like, it on the Yay, bar. Yay, I won! I still, I'm surprised you didn't try that. I would have at least given it a shot. <laughs> I still think the houses won't get demolished, but it's gone further along than I thought. So who knows? Although I did love Debbie's reaction to Ray giving a backhand to the chairwoman. I think you're right about it going further than you thought. Yeah, because I, I kind of thought it was... Be wrapped up by Christmas Eve. Yeah, I thought it would be wrapped up by Christmas. I didn't expect to see the boxes packed and David actually moving out to somewhere else. I know we haven't seen it or anything, but um, there, there's, 
And it, but, and it doesn't feel like they're stringing it out for too long either. One thing this does give the, the potential, perhaps, of, of happening is maybe they redecorate the plat set. Yes. Yeah, it, it does need doing. Because they've, they've hooked everything out now and it hasn't been redecorated for a while. Mm. And it is weird that David has never done anything with it. And I think that sort of new Shona would be the sort of person who'd be like, look, why don't we make a stamp on it? Why are you just living in your mum's house? Get rid of that awful pink and black throw. <laughs> Back to the email. Yeah. Where are we? I've lost. <laughs> um, love Abby. And also loved Roy saying he wasn't mad, just disappointed to Abby. Loved him telling Ray off. Gary looks more happy in prison than I've seen him in a long time. I'm wondering if Johnny will try to escape while on day release for his scan, causing him to get a longer sentence. Oh, yeah. Daisy's such a cow, especially to Emma, although Emma can't see it yet. She's too obliz- oblivious. Yeah, and that was what carried on this week, wasn't it, with the uh, with the story of her lending that card to what? Daisy trying to steal her cardi. Yeah. Although I don't know whether she, why she would have liked that because I can't really see Daisy wanting uh, having the same kind of fashion sense or style as Emma. But Emma just makes everything look good. <laughs> um, she says the Alina moving into number nine seems odd, but I did appreciate seeing Fizz and Tyrone again, and Alina's pamper bags are sweet. But I love the one for Evelyn with brandy in. Finally, I think Simon might be taking too much on with Leanne, and he might start to crack. Character of the week is RD, and I give it four models of turf more made out of matchsticks out of five. Lovely. That's another one. What's Leanne doing? Has she stepped outside yet? Yeah, and is uh, Peter just needs what Leanne's got. He just needs a child to die, and then he's going to lock himself in the room, and he'll never go out to get alcohol again. He might drink more. <laughs> Only I'm if just going to posit that as a possible <laughs> consequence. Nancy said that she loved Tracy and Steve last week, and wonders whether Peter is going to survive his alcoholism, and if so, what will be the turning point? Is he going to face his demons? This is the thing. It I all, think it demons kind of, are alcohol. It's like, it, it's never ending, isn't it? You can't just be cured from being an alcoholic. I, I, I do wonder where they're that's, going with this. That, and somebody, the thing is, Michael, you, you say that, but I think sometimes, honestly, I think that puts people off of even trying to address their problem. And if you're listening to this and you're like, oh, I'm not an alcoholic, because if you're an alcoholic, that means you can never drink again, and I don't want to never drink again. Like, it is possible mm. to manage an addiction... Without never, like, like we were talking about food addiction before, to, to manage your weight, you need to maintain and you need to eat. You can't just not eat. Mm. Like, if, if people can lose weight and conquer that and still sort of be, have temptation, like, three times a day, sometimes more, just saying, <laughs> um, you, that it's possible to conquer other other addictions yeah but, but i'm just gonna add this not hard drugs because i don't think you can have a little bit of heroin <laughs> um, i think it was i think it might have been johnny put on the facebook group um this week that one of the things that makes the peter story interesting for him is not knowing whether chris gascorn is staying in the show or not yeah i never thought of, of that as being a possibility but people seem to keep saying like oh it you know mm. could, could he is he gonna leave and i guess you know i'm just kind of used to always knowing who's leaving or almost always knowing it's very rare that a character leaves and you thought blong i didn't know they were going sometimes you might have known that a character is going but you don't know how or when it's going to happen yeah and sometimes it's not necessarily announced specifically but you kind of know that they're not going to go like well obviously jeff's not going to be around forever Um, okay tim sit down 
but yeah, so so I'm thinking, well, the fact that Chris Gascoigne's exit hasn't been announced makes this automatically like less exciting. But I mean, you never know. There were a few more surprises, a few more bombs and unexpected twists dropped on Coronation Street next year. So, you, but you never know. But equally, I could say, at the moment, actors all want to keep their jobs. That's what I was as far thinking. as I can tell. I, from having I think spoken it's to a few. an unfavourable time to jump ship. Yeah, so I, I, I wouldn't think anybody but would I want to jump. But say, I mean, do you push? Is, is, is Ian McLeod harsh enough to sack people oh, or to not no, renew so. contracts during a pandemic? I don't know. I think if anybody is going to leave the show at this point, it's going to be somebody who's quite, had an established career on Coronation Street who might have you know, not be concerned about where the next paycheck's coming from. Mm. And Chris Gascoigne seems like the sort of person who would fit that bill. He's been not 20 years now. Not that I've seen his investment portfolio. No. But, you know, if you were to talk about who's in it, who's in a sort of a comfortable position. Yeah, maybe. Not to make, not, don't, don't like making assumptions. I mean, who knows? He could have a really bad Hermes belt habit, like Jack <laughs> P. Shepherd has. <laughs> Yeah, I, I would. I would, like the Ollie story, and like, oh, I can't believe they go there and kill off a child. I'd be kind of similarly. Can't believe impressed they go there and kill off a Peter. If, if they killed off a Peter, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I tell you one thing, they're not going to do what, and that is to end the story by recasting Peter they will to, not. to a different actor. <laughs> no, no. Uh, send him off to uh, the priory one more time, and he comes back with another new head. Nancy continues that she enjoyed Nant, Yasmin and Nina giving Asher advice and loved the way that Asher dumped Corey. Ardy was brilliant with Cathy and Bernie too. I saw so much praise for Ardy after last week's episodes. It's a shame he wasn't in it at all this week, was he? And I'm sure a lot of it got must have got back to uh, to Adam. Um, ev- everybody really seems very positive towards him, so I'm glad it's not just us. Um, I love seeing Dev, says Nancy. So happy showing Asher and Ardy the sign. Sunita being mentioned was beautiful. What a nice birthday celebration. Aww. Gary, Nancy also points out about Gary seeming to be having the whale of a time in jail. I never realised this, but everyone's actually really been um, really astute in pointing this out. It's like, yeah, he, he's having the time of his life. Could it be, and I don't want to be rude, that Maria and Gary's relationship not quite as rosy as the um, rose gold furnishings in their flat would have you believe. <laughs> is, it, is it just a relief to be away from her and a constant f- fanning around think, with... I just you know, he's found his people. Pink pillows and he, he, fluffing stuff He's a windass. You know how they came into the show? The dodgy chav he's probably, family. He's probably met up with all his mates. Off yeah, he has. Oh, I haven't seen you for oh, 15 years. Is this where you've been? <laughs> <laughs> um... Nancy also says that she hopes Jenny keeps visiting Johnny there and is glad that Emma will be living at the Rovers. Daisy is going to cause trouble, though. And she gave last week's episodes four Barlow 4,000s out of five <laughs> and Ardy got the character of the week. Congratulations, Ardy and Adam. Yes. Yep, so Fangirl Overload123 has written us another message and she says, I wonder if Gemma and Chesney will be used to explore the ethics of family vlogging. Gemma already has a blog and the MLM schemes are a big part of most family vlogs. I don't know anything about this. Okay. Do you? Can I just say, I've recently been dragged into the ridiculous... Oh gosh, you're not in a pyramid scheme, are you, Gemma? ...world of YouTube celebrities, personalities, and their weird beefs that they have with each other mm-hmm. because of Trisha Paytas and... The um, H3 blog podcast or something, and they like they're so rich 
literally they were talk. this girl was talking she she bought a, a sweatshirt which was like Balencia or something and it was like thousands of pounds and I'm not even gonna I'm not even joking it was a sweatshirt like a normal you know what a sweatshirt is <laughs> yes right a jumper I know I'm just checking down <laughs> I'm and it had a shirt stitched with one one shoulder stitched to one corner of the top mm-hmm. and the other the other side stitched so it's literally a shirt stitched in two places on the front of a sweatshirt and it was thousands of pounds and and they they like they were talking about going like spending four thousand pounds on wigs and having an argument with somebody and paying ten thousand pounds to go and they're going oh yeah he let me go on his private jet and he said i had like like he did me a favor but it's not even that expensive to take a private jet to vegas it's only 10 grand so so do you, are we saying that Gemma went Gemma to aspiring to, like, to move be? into this apparently this is a way and i'm thinking michael we should have children because we could make a fortune out of this <laughs> But yeah, I think I think Fangirl Overload's really um I, I pit onto a point that I've been waiting for them to, to do with this because I I'm I I don't really do very much blogging anymore, but I used to do it quite a lot and I have been I have been doing it for probably quite a long time. Um, yeah, fifteen years. Fifteen or so. years or so. And so some of the people that I used to sort of know as acquaintances have grown up and become mummy bloggers where they used to be just fashion or food or whatever. Mm. And and their kind of their focus and their audience shifts to other mums. And it's such a weirdly incestuous um kind of industry where a lot of the time you're just blogging for other bloggers and trying to sell them things to sell to the other people that read their blogs yeah but also monetizing your children and there are some people that i like i've known for years that sort of use their child to advertise things and put their photo on the internet with without any permission from the child obviously because the child can't, can't consent to any of this and it would it doesn't seem like a problem really but in, on the other hand, it does. Like, you're ex- are you exploiting your own child? And this is a really interesting thing for Coronation Street to explore because it is something that people that concerns modern society. And lots of people, like you said, your children, a lot of them don't watch television. They only watch no. YouTube. Yeah, yeah. And so they're probably watching people like this and say, mm-hmm. you know, is it ethical to pr- promote your... It kind and of, a lot of feels times... like I don't know whether Cory would get that story right. No, I don't think they would. I don't either. think they've got a brilliant track record of you they, know, I, modern technology-based, think... fingers on the pulse, social media type stories. And Remember that storyline they had the other year about the um, the free-to-play football app that everybody oh, no. was into? It's just like oh, it didn't work. Uh, and they kind of touched a little bit on it with the whole Fresh Ghost thing about the authenticity of like, are you selling a lie? And and that's what vlogging a lot of the times is. You're 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 not sending a picture of the whole of your kitchen that's been trashed. You're sending you're uploading a picture on Instagram of the beautiful plate of food that you've just made. You're mm. not you're not sending a picture of the washing up that you've left behind or like the crap that's all over the floor or the overflowing bins. Mm. They already kind of addressed that, and I think they messed it up, and I think they missed an opportunity to address it. But I really, I, I was surprised that they didn't go anywhere with this vlogging thing. You so, never know; there is still time. I don't. I think the thing is about Chesney and Gemma is they're so they seem to be so po faced that I don't think they'd even have a dilemma about it. I think they'd be like, "No, it's wrong. We shouldn't do it." Because, like, who knows? Ch- Chesney would be more like that, and Gemma would be like, oh, yeah, well, Ches, oh, oh. Oh, but I, how can I show okay. people how to change a nappy unless I have a baby's bum in it? Yeah. Like, 
some people don't have a problem with it, but I do remember reading an article by a, a, a girl who basically her mum was one of the early mummy bloggers, sort of saying, "I don't want my pictures. I didn't. I didn't give you permission. You've put my whole childhood on on the internet without asking me." And some of this stuff, it's not like you know. I think it's a bit. I think it's a bit tacky to sort of have your have your kid. And with a jigsaw going, oh, buy this jigsaw. My kid loves it. I think that's tacky. It's mm. just my opinion. But um, I think it's even worse to say, oh, look at look at my dear child, Ethan. He did a big poo today all over the floor. <laughs> and we had a conversation with him about how that's not appropriate. And instead of shouting at him, I used it as a learning experience. And we're not going to put poo on the walls again, are we, Ethan? You know, people overshare like this. And like in, in 20 years' time, when Ethan's running for president... <laughs> You know, because he um, was 15 when he, he smeared the pill on the walls. Just what do you feel I. about people who post pictures of their daughters taking a dump on Gail Platt's front lawn? Because I hear that that goes on. <laughs> Uncertain this correlations is the thing. through bad But pages, this is the it? thing. This is the difference, though, between sort of sharing it with friends and family and, and sort of sharing it with the whole the world. And, and where, that, but yeah. No, but the question is, where do you draw the line? Because we're doing a podcast. We talk about our relationship and things. I feel like I'm talking to friends. Yeah. I don't feel like I'm sharing it with the whole world. No. But, but we kind of are. We're broadcasting it to anybody who wants to listen. Mm. And if we had a child, we would probably talk about the child on this podcast, maybe. Mm. And we might probably overshare. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a whole... It's a massive ethical dilemma for the modern age. And social media is so full of pitfalls. Coronation Street has, has ignored it sort of steadfastly as much as possible. I wonder if it's to, to prevent sort of alienating some of the older viewers who wouldn't get it. But I think people are more savvy than they give them credit for. And what I do not understand is given how many young people and people who use social media who work on Corey that they still can't get these fundamental basics correct. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, that was a massive diversion. But I, I, I think that a vlogging story... We kind of had a little bit of it with Bethany and the, the whole grooming thing and her doing her makeup tutorials. Yeah, yeah, we did have that, yeah. I would love to see them properly tackle it. I mean, Gemma had it a little bit, didn't she, with last year with her vlog and that's yes. when she got back in touch with Bryn uh, Vanessa again. uploaded this and... video by accident. Yeah. And now it's gone viral. Things go viral very easily. On I wish it was that easy. Right, Bangal Overload said... I saw a theory that Debbie murdered Ray, but then I saw one that said that Ray murdered Debbie and Abby as well, so who knows? <laughs> I somehow see Faye and Gary getting off scot-free. Yeah, 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 Adam, scot-free. Uh, yeah. Due to the good old soap justice, which we still haven't figured out the logic of. <laughs> Mick the gay gangster wasn't expecting him back. How come Adam was so quick to forgive Faye when he was so angry and willing to let Gary and Peter go down when they were the suspected culprits? Chesney was this week's issues-based story lecturer with his read the contract before you sign it. No kidding, mate. I don't think this is going to happen, but my dad does. Please don't put Sally and Kevin back together. I know it's unlikely, but it's his latest theory. I was also sad we got no Daisy this week. Character of the week is Abby and I give it three and a half. Pedantic. Oh, the lawyer's out of five. Okay. I didn't copy that. But... So so Mr. Fangirl Overload123 is, is involving himself in Corrie conspiracy. Sally and Kevin. I've heard, I heard somebody sounds... else, I saw a tweet um, today, somebody saying, oh, was it me or was there a bit of a look there? It was just like old friends to me. I wouldn't, I honestly, I don't think I'd mind it if Sally and Kevin got back together, but I don't have a problem with Sally and Tim together. They're not as good as they used to be. But Mike Lavelle and Sally Dinover are never not going to have perfect chemistry together. They're, they're wonderful. Um, but 
they've already been there, done that. They had they had them split up, get back together again. They married again, and it just feel. It's a shame. It, I almost kind of wish that they just never split up, because I think Too they're late. great together. But no, I, I, it doesn't feel to me like that was where that scene tonight was going. It was just a. Remember us? We used to be married. <laughs> kind of, kind I of thing. love to hear people write in and say what their what their family that they're watching the show what their theories are. I love it. Yes, I do as well. I really like to hear a little kind of window into the light, and I also like to imagine people watching uh, Corrie with their families. I like to hear people's families' opinions when the family don't really watch Coronation Street and they just happen to walk in the room and then they come up with these strange theories or, or, or you yeah. know, they say these r- this? random What's things. This is why I absolutely love Christmas Corrie and watching it with my parents or your, or your dad, yeah. where they're like, God knows what the hell's going on <laughs> and I explain everything. Your mum is, I think, better than my dad at feigning interest in what's going on in Coronation Street. Dad usually My starts off and then goes off to do the washing up halfway through. Would walk Bertha on the sun for me. I know, she lovely. Yes. Right, um, we are done for another podcast, but before we go, I would like to say thank you very much to our latest patron who's joined us this week, and that is Peggy. Peggy Billard. Thank you very thank much. Thank you very much. Very nice we of you to join you. us. And um, hopefully we have got another um, bonus podcast coming up very soon, like we said earlier. Hopefully over the weekend we'll be able to record it and you'll be able to download, listen and enjoy. And on the subject of Patreon, don't forget everybody, we had a competition that launched this episode many hours ago when we talked about um, our $10 Rovers Return level Patreon offer up for grabs. You can get a whole year's Thank worth of Patreon thanks to a special secret donor. And if you would like to be in the chance of winning a year's subscription to our top tier Patreon, all you have to do is send us an email and say how long in minutes or seconds or days or whatever you fancy, you think all of the episodes of Conversation it Street needs to be... from number one up to the end of tonight's episode or to this this week's episode would be. And it the closest wins. A universally agreed upon measurement unit of measurement. Like you can't say it's been like three um Rels. That's what the Daleks use. <laughs> or like or like three parsecs or yeah. like um five five cat snorts yeah it's yeah. got to be a a universally recognized 365 mbops oh classic <laughs> tune that um, is a tune and don't forget you've got to add this episode on so that means you whatever number you had previously add five hours on the top of it <laughs> i think i think i might be right in saying that a month or two or three ago i did put out a tweet that said how long all of the conversation streets up to that point had been even so if you want to fish that out and then i could give you a bit of a benchmark to base your answer on i suppose but still i mean you've got to be dead on to, don't to... forget that that you're you just have to be a better guesser than anyone else who enters. Yeah, so if you're listening and thinking, I've got no idea, that sounds like too hard to work out. It's definitely more than three. Yes. Um, <laughs> just give it a try. We're not going to read anyone's out and we're say... We're not going to mock you. This we're not person gonna, like, thought it was only we're not gonna make, 100 hours. We're not going to go, right, well, you owe us money now, so yeah. for that answer. <laughs> give it a try. Because I, I, off the top of my head, can't remember either. But I, can, I know how I can find out. God loves Don't forget, you have got a month to get that uh, competition entry in mid-conversationstreet.gmail.com. Uh, Please use the header Patreon competition. And if you, you don't, I'll still enter it. It just makes it easier for me. In our secret club, where we talk behind everyone's backs. About top five things. Secret 
friends. <laughs> <laughs> um, we have got um, an Instagram. If you haven't followed us on that yet, please do. And um, please we like post, my Bernie Sanders pictures that I put on there today because I thought that it was quite funny. Political um, ones. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I don't know anything about Bernie Sanders, but I, I saw that he was trending this week. Who so do I you think I'd he jo- is? I, he, I know he is a senator. Okay. I don't know what that means. Okay. An important political person. Yeah. In America. Do you think he... Who do you, which side do you think he's on? No more questions. No, I want to know. Um, do you think he's a Democrat or a Republican? I... Uh, no, I thought you were saying No, I'm interested. No, I don't I'm not know. He just likes stupid. mittens. Um, and mittens, to me, seems like, you know, traditional family values. So right. I'm going to go Republican. Okay. Is you he? don't think he looked like a scruff bag, so he's a Democrat. Oh, he did look a bit scruffy. He looked yeah. grumpy, though. He could have been mad that um, Biden was getting in, not his guy. What side is he on? He's a Democrat. Oh, no. He's like a super, I have super made Democrat. Myself look he's like a socialist. <laughs> he's an evil socialist. Um, don't tell the Americans they hate I'm going to change the topic very quickly and say also. I think follow it's us. funny. I think that was funny. It's very endearing, Michael, that you don't know who Bernie Why should you know? He's, he's not. He's probably quite He's not famous. the senator of, like, Sussex, is he? <laughs> um, Twitter, follow us there. I'm sure most of you do, but if not, you can. It's quite a good idea. And we are on uh, Facebook. Please join our secret group. And please um, do, do, do what... We've uh, got a page and a group. Yeah, we have got a page and a group. And, and recruit other people in our pyramid scheme of getting more people involved in the Conversation Street group because it's a very, very lovely place. Um, and it's not a pyramid scheme. It's a triangle... Uh, it's all um, part of the square dealers. A triangle agenda that we have. <laughs> um, and we're on YouTube as well. If you are relatively new to Conversation Street oh, God, and you don't want so to long. trawl all the way back through our old episodes on our blog, then once a week or yeah, once a week we put up an old thing up on YouTube. That's usually Thursday. If you like, for example, if you like we've the got podcast, an hour worth of speaking about Anna Windass on YouTube this week that you can listen to. If you like the podcast, and this is not enough podcast for you, and I know that there are people out there who love this show so much that they listen to back episodes because they are just so thrilled with the sound of our voices um there are there is exclusive content on the youtube channel oh there is a bit there's norm there's always at least an a new introduction to each hello this is the youtube upload for our anna windass character profile which we first recorded way back in episode 30 this is the youtube character upload for anna wind (laughs) <laughs> and at the end of it we go wow wow weren't we Anna stupid <laughs> mm, didn't we sound it. like nerds <laughs> yeah wasn't the sound quality bad in episode 30 <laughs> and uh, eight years later i still haven't really made it sound that good well um, it'll do it'll do that's the motto of this podcast it'll do and with that we're gonna go yeah yeah um that'll do uh, don't forget to go <sighs> pig don't forget to um, listen to our Bobbins pig. Awards because we recorded it yesterday. This and it is, is like actually really, literally really, five really, hours had, long now. No, it's not. Yeah, if you add the other thing in, it is. Oh, yeah, that's fine. We had a great time ranting about mm. all the rubbishness of Coronation Street in drunk. 2020. Gemma was a little bit drunk. I don't... We had to cut out some of the things that she said. <laughs> we finished recording it. She no. said, can I listen to that bit? Oh, no, cut that no, out. No, don't even say that because if the stuff I've left in is bad then. It's not. I feel bad. It's fine. It's I'm just for fun. It's just for fun. But it, it is fun. So do go and um, uh, and listen to that if you also the don't find is, the The disclaimer is, the opinions in this podcast do not necessarily reflect the, the views of Conversation Street, the podcast, as an entity or brand. And what I say Never. on one day 
I will probably passionately argue with. Oh, I agree with that, definitely. (laughs) Anyway, we're going now. Time for bed for us. Have a good week, everybody. We'll be back next week. I hope Coronation Street is as good next week as it was this week. Consistently inconsistent. Goodbye. The music for this episode came from podcastthemes.com. Oh, 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 o